You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Ah, got him. That should keep the first order off our backs. Nice work, Paul. Tim, are we set to make the jump? Yep. The end of the prime in accordance with the rendezvous are set. All right. Strap in and let's get this intel delivered to the resistance. Punch it! You're listening to Star Wars. The saga continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery, Tim Jirasi, and Paul Herman, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed. So we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and updates on all the cool and exciting projects coming up in the Star Wars universe, The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, Knights of the Old Republic, and more. Um, As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I'm joined by one of my co-hosts, Paul. How's it going, Paul? Man, it is going great. Um, We're sad that Tim couldn't join us today, but uh, he's here in spirit, and he will be back next time to talk all things Star Wars, like Star Wars Visions and everything. But uh, Tim, we miss you. And uh, yeah, but we're here. We got a lot to talk about, man. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I forgot to even mention in the intro, yes, Visions as well. That's mostly what we're talking about on this episode. (laughs) Come on, Um, bro. (laughs) <laughs> well, the the news article that I've got up here in front of me about the first thing that we're going to talk about distracted my attention from it. But uh, yes, we're mostly going to talk about Visions. Um, it's been a while since we've recorded, and so we, we got a lot to talk about on this one. But it's a lot of little news things that we're going to kind of recap quickly. Um, and then, yeah, get into some discussion about Star Wars Visions and just kind of talk about our, our general thoughts on it and uh, talk about some of our favorite episodes and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then of course, yeah, next time when Tim is back with us, um, we'll probably talk some more visions cause I know he's got a lot of thoughts on it that he wants to share with you guys as well. So this will be the, not, not the last time we talk about star Wars visions, but, um, wanted to get on here and just kind of record some initial thoughts for you guys and, uh, yeah, give us, uh, give you, give you our take on it. Um, but before we get into visions, let's get into the Knights of the Old Republic remake that was announced uh, a couple weeks ago now back at this, um, I forget what the name of it is, the PlayStation event that they had that was not on my radar at all. Um, but this is something that's been, uh, you know, teased and rumored and stuff for years now. And we I, like, I keep hearing different iterations of like, oh, there might be a, a KOTOR remaster or remake or reboot, some kind of thing in the works. Um and kept wondering, like, okay, like, we keep hearing these people say that they've got sources that this is in development, but are we ever going to get an announcement? Is it ever actually going to see the light of day? And, uh, man, when when we saw this teaser trailer, um, actually, I, I wasn't watching the live stream, so I didn't get, like, the surprise of watching this trailer and going, ooh, what is this? And then realizing that it was KOTOR. I was at work, and Tim started, you know, texting you and me in our group chat um yeah and so i'm sitting there at work and my phone's blowing up and i'm like what is going on and i look and i see a bunch of texts from you and tim talking about kotor and i immediately had to go watch the trailer and drop whatever i was doing and uh wasn't very productive at work for the rest of the day um 
But man, yeah, just to hear uh, Jennifer Hale's voice as Basta LaShawn again, just narrating this thing. And you slowly kind of see Revan stepping out of the shadows. And she's talking about, we face the greatest Sith in generations. And then he ignites his red lightsaber and it lights up his face and you see Revan's mask. And um, and that's all there is to it. I mean, it's just a quick teaser. But still, just knowing that uh, that this thing is finally coming got me super hyped. I am so excited for this. It might actually get me to buy a PlayStation 5 because it's going to be a, apparently a PS, well, PS5 and PC exclusive. But as far as consoles, it's going to be a PS5 exclusive, um, at least at launch. And then, um, this, you know, probably will come to Xbox somewhere later down the line. Um, and they haven't announced a lot of details yet about that ex- exclusivity. And I'm going to probably kind of wait to see, um, until we get closer to launch. I'm sure they'll probably have more details about that, um, at some point in the future. But honestly, unless it's coming to Xbox within like a month or two after it comes out on PlayStation, I might just have to get a PlayStation to play this thing. Cause I'm not waiting around mm. that long to play a re you know, remade remastered version of Knights of the old Republic with modern graphics. Like, uh, that I, this is something I've been waiting for, for a long, long time ever since, um, gosh, I remember back in like 2013 was the 10 year anniversary of Knights of the old Republic. And I was really into the old Republic MMO at that point. And I was thinking like, man, how cool would it be if for the 10th anniversary, they announced a, a remastered edition because that was even back then, um, that was when all these HD remasters and stuff were kind of first starting to come into popularity with like Halo, the Master Chief collection. And there were, I remember there being a couple other games specifically that got like 10th anniversary uh, remasters or re-releases. And so I was like, man, why are they not doing it with KOTOR? It's like this classic game that's like, you know, one of the most universally loved Star Wars games of all time. Um, and instead they just released some like wallpapers and gave out some free in-game items in the old Republic. And I was like, uh, you know, guess I'll keep waiting, but you know, this is again, just one of those things I've been looking forward to for a really long time. I'm super excited that we're going to finally get it. Um, and we'll get into a, a few more of the details about just kind of what they, some of the interviews with developers and stuff and what they've said about, uh, what's going to go into this. But, um, Paul, I'll throw it to you. What were your mm. you know initial reactions on hearing this? Well, I mean, we've been hearing a lot of rumors about this being made for forever, it feels like. And, you know, I, I, I'm excited because I'm a, I'm a latecomer to Knights of the Old Republic. Um, I didn't start playing it till right before I got married, um, like 2013, 14. Yeah. And, and, and that's mainly because I'm not a big video game person. And my brother, my older brother, is huge, huge, huge uh, light, no, lightsaber, excuse me. Uh, I'm watching Visions as we, we talk about this. Um, <laughs> he's a huge video game person. When I was growing, or when, I, when it came out, he kept being like, you're going to play this game? I'm like, eh, I'm not really into video games. I'm not really an, you know, a role-playing game kind of guy, you know, whatever, MMO, whatever they call him. And um, I avoided it. And I, I – Ironically, I, I've always avoided spoilers too because I never really cared about it. So no one ever told me about it. And when I finally started playing Knights of the Old Republic, I went, what? Like I had no idea. And um, I was, I loved it. I, I loved the game. The game, I put it on my iPad at the time and I loved it. I fell in love with it um, even more than I ever anticipated. So I totally get the hype of Revan, of the game. I love the game. I can't wait to play the game again. So... Um, so yeah, like this is really exciting. Um, I like, um, unlike you, I I had already made up my mind. I was going to convert for the next gen, uh, 
to a PS5 only, uh, mainly because of Spider-Man and, and that game system. And I had to have that. Um, I love my Xbox. I cherish my Xbox. I think Xbox is a great system, but Spider-Man is a tipping point. And now that we have this, uh, it, even more so, I have to get a PS5. So the only problem is, is that getting a PS5, you know, I have to wait longer to get this game <laughs> remastered, right? So I was kind of hoping when they announced it, it'd be closer to done, but sounds like it's what? It's going to be another year? Well, they didn't give a release date. Um, they said they're early in production. It sounds like they're still early in production on it. Um, and uh, because okay. right. because it's being remade sort of from the ground up, just because the, the original KOTOR is so kind of dated at this point, you know, this is not something where you can just go back in and sort of um, just slap 4K textures on everything. Like they're going to have right. to rebuild like character models, environments. Um, it, it, but it seems like, I mean, I haven't played a lot of other games that are like true remakes, but I know recently, you know, there's been a few like the Final Fantasy VII remake and stuff like that. See, if Tim were here, he could chime in more on that one. But, um, uh, Tim. I know with some of these games, like, you know, they add additional content, they, you know, maybe rework certain characters or add additional missions or, or whatever. So I'm expecting that there might be some you know, a lot of new stuff in right. here, um, which I'm fine with because, and and in some of the interviews and stuff, I mean, they've, they've done some interviews with like starwars.com and with IGN and some of these other video gaming outlets, um, just real brief stuff. And again, not giving a ton of details, but like the, the writers or developers or whatever, who've been talking about this have made it really clear that first and foremost, like they want to keep it true to the spirit of the original that they know, uh, how important this is to fans and how much fans love, um, you know, these characters and everything, which was good for me to hear because, you know, again, like we had heard some rumors over the years that, oh, maybe they're doing some sort of reboot kind of thing that like combines elements from KOTOR 1 and KOTOR 2 and kind of reimagines them for the current canon and that they're going to like make everything canon again, but like, you know, change a bunch of stuff so it fits with the current timeline. Um And I've always been... You know, it's like on the one hand, I would be okay with that because, again, we'll always have the original. And, and like, you know, as long as we get some of these characters like Darth Revan and Darth Malak and, and you know, just some of these characters and story elements um, preserved in canon in some form, like I would have been happy with that. But also, like, if you're going to put out a game and call it Knights of the Old Republic remake, I do think you should keep it as true to the original as possible. Um, and again, you know, maybe add some stuff. I'm not sure if... You know, I'm trying to think back if there's any like characters or storylines or whatever that maybe haven't aged particularly well or, you know, anything that they might change. Um, what is, but I'm, I'm if, sure if, I'm sure there's definitely really... some well, I'm sure there's definitely some stuff they might add or, or kind of flesh out. But again, as long as that backbone of the story, as long as all the characters that people love, as long as all those surprises and reveals are in there. And like now that this remake is coming out, I'm going to try like we won't go specifically into spoilers for anybody that hasn't played this game yet. Um, cause I'm sure a lot of you right. have, and, and maybe even more of you have read stuff online and kind of already know what happens, but just in case there's anybody out there that hasn't played it yet and is now just waiting for this remake to come out, I'm not going to be the one that spoils it for you. Me neither. Um, yeah. but like I, I read, um, I think it was like one of the producers of the game who works at Lucasfilm. I read like one of his tweets where he was asking people, he's like, Hey, I'm glad you guys are all so excited for KOTOR. And like, we love your excitement, but please be careful, like in the comments and stuff, not to spoil it for people, because there's some people that haven't, 
um, you know, experienced this before and we want to keep all the surprises intact and stuff. And so that to me says that, again, like all the major plot points and all the surprises from the original game will be there. And so it may not be a perfect copy, but it's not going to be something that's like completely reimagined or or a completely different story just with some of the same characters. Like I'm expecting that this is going to be pretty true to the original. But because of that, to, to get back to your original point, because you were asking about how like when it might come out, um, I'm expecting that this will be out in 2023. Um, and part really? of that is just because, well, I for one thing, I think if it was coming out next year, I think they would have announced that. Um mm. Especially because at this Sony event, they showed trailers for some other games that they said were coming out in 2022, or I think even some that gave releases for 2023. And for KOTOR, they didn't give a release date or even a release year. Um, So honestly, I feel like the 2023 is kind of optimistic. It might even be 2024, but I also feel like that that's kind of far out um, for them to even be announcing it now if it's not going to come out until three years from now. So I think 2023 is a good bet. Also, the fact that EA's exclusivity license or their, yeah, their exclusivity with the the Star Wars license uh, expires in 2023. And so I think even though we've heard rumors and stuff about all these games, like, well, and so this Knights of the Old Republic remake, even though it was, uh, even though KOTOR was originally made by BioWare, um, which is now owned by EA, uh, Aspire is handling this remake and they're, um, they mostly have just done a lot of like remasters and ports and stuff. Like they're the studio that takes all the classic Star Wars games like Republic Commando and Episode One Racer and like the Jedi Knight games and puts them out on like Xbox and Switch. And they're not even really remasters with like HD textures and stuff or, or, you know, like redone, um, you know, sort of high resolution textures or anything. So like they're not remasters, but they are sort of like upscaled. Like, you know, they they make sure that the controls work on modern consoles and they make sure that the graphics, like even though it looks the same way it did back then, it's the same like models and textures and stuff. It like looks good on current systems. Because if you were to plug in like an N64 to your 4K TV and try to play it on, you know, try to try to play episode one racer on there, it would look like absolute crap. So like, you know, they make sure that like the resolution is scaled properly and everything. Um, so that's mostly what they're known for. And I mean, I've been aware of them for a while because I like I first played KOTOR on uh, on the Xbox, like not when it first came out, but I got it a couple of years later. But then like when I went off to college and I left my Xbox at home, I had an iMac and I got the, the Mac version of uh, Knights of the Old Republic that Aspire had ported over to there. So I've been playing their ports of Star Wars games for years, but this is I think the first time that they've actually um you know that they're working on a project of this scale and actually getting like a development team together um and they talked about you know they're recruiting talent from all over the industry they've got a bunch of veterans and people that have worked at BioWare and worked on Star Wars games and and all that kind of stuff um and they're uh, apparently they've hired a few writers too which again tells me that like there will at least be some new content in the game because why else would you need people to write stuff when the original stuff is already there um so yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of work that's going to go into this. Um, and again, because I, I'm not expecting any non-EA Star Wars games to come out before 2023 anyways, I think that's probably a safe bet um, for when, we're, when we're looking at this. But also because they're just like getting a new, kind of a new team together and kind of just starting to work on this thing, maybe they're not sure how long it's going to take. So that could also be a reason why they haven't, um, you know, given a, a release date or a release window for this yet. Um, right. 
But that's okay, because that just gives us more time, you know, if, if you're wanting to make the switch, if you're, I know you said you're, you know, fully on board with the PS5 for next gen. Yep. Um, I was planning to get an Xbox Series X at some point, but again, now with this, I'm like, shoot, if there's anything that'll make me switch to PlayStation, it's going to be KOTOR. And and I'm with you. Like, I want to play the Spider-Man games and there's like, you know, Uncharted and God of War and a lot of other great games on PlayStation that I would like to play and that I will play if I get a PlayStation. But the only thing that's going to actually make me switch would probably be an exclusive Star Wars game and especially something like KOTOR. That's just right. like, well... Love you, Xbox, but see you later. Um, yeah, I mean that's and that's and that's to be expected. I think. I mean that's kind of why these, these these exclusives are huge, you know. And I'm not, I'm not a big video game person to where I'm gonna get both. I have an Xbox One and a PS4 now, but it's because I have very 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 generous friends who helped me get uh, a PS4 for the play Spider Man. But otherwise, I wouldn't be playing it. So. Um, it's one of those things where I'm I'm really excited to you know go back and when we get a PS5 to play the Miles Morales game and there's Spider-Man games that are coming out and now Kotor that, that's like a deal breaker like there's no doubt in my mind I'm getting a mm. PS5 as soon as possible, um and and you know as far as you know for me I I don't think they're gonna change much I think I, I, does the actual press release say that how it, it was a legend story. It mentions that um well it mentions that the original is legend. It says something about uh you know it's it's like one of the most well-known or most beloved stories in the Star Wars Legends canon or something along those lines. Yeah. So I kind of think that they're it's like you said, I think they're going to probably keep everything accurate. And which on one hand I kind of think is cool, on the other hand I'm kind of bummed because I think this is such a, a legendary story. They have to make this canon. But at the same time, it's one of those things, we'll, you know, it, it could be one of those things where it's it's canon in a sense to where the story, all those events happened as far as like Revan and all that. But it's not that verbatim storyline, if that makes any sense. Yeah. We've, we've, we've talked about this before. Yeah. And I mean, we'll see. I'm sure as we get closer to release and maybe we get, some trailers or some developer interviews or something where they talk more about any specific changes that they've made and see if like, even if they don't change much, like maybe like, is this just going to be a remake of the legend story or is this current iteration of it? Like whatever they're telling in the remake, is this going to be canon now? Um, Right. Which I think would be cool. But at the same time, um, you know, for, for those who don't know, and I won't go too much into it, but obviously, be, like, if you're familiar with Bioware games and, and these type of role-playing games where it's very much based on, like, player choice and, um, you know, you can have different different interactions with certain characters, but you can also make, uh, you know, you can make light side and dark side choices in the game. And you have this meter that shows, like, your light side points or your dark side points, depending on, like, whether you choose to be nice and help people or you choose to be selfish and violent and do evil things. And especially once you become a Jedi and get force powers, um, you can use the, you know, you can invest in light side powers or dark side powers that get stronger respectively, depending on the light side or dark side choices that you make. Um, and the game has two vastly different endings depending on certain things that you choose. And so it's like, well, how is that going to work into Canon? You know, if some people, pick the light side ending and some people pick the dark side ending. Are we just going to say that one version is canon? I mean, that's what they did with the old KOTOR. Um, 
you know, even though you could, there's a, a whole separate dark side ending in the game, like the things that continue on, like in KOTOR 2, but then there's also like a Revan novel and, and some other stuff um, is all kind of based on the light side ending of the game. Um, and so I don't know, you know, maybe in this day and age, maybe that wouldn't go over well with people that feel like, oh, well, you know, I feel like my choice is kind of invalidated if I did the dark side ending. And then you said that's not the canon one or whatever. So maybe they are just going to kind of leave it a legends thing so that you leave that playground open for people to play with and make all the choices that they want to. Um, or they could say that, you know, there's a, a canon version of this story and then you get to play out your different alterations of it or whatever. But I don't know. We'll see. I'm right. sure they'll probably expand on that more at some point before the game comes out. Yeah, and I, I think that this is, um, like you said, there's going to be a lot more explained when they are, um, it gets closer and closer, which we'll, we'll, either way, I'm I'm ex- I'm excited to play this. It's, it's going to be a blast, you know, to replay this game in a gr- in a much better, you know, graphics and everything. So, I'm mm-hmm. I'm super stoked. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's funny. It's one thing I was thinking about in terms of like them hiring writers and like content that they might change and stuff. Is like you're going to have to write dialogue for the main character. Um, you know, for for the character that you're playing as. Again, for anybody that hasn't played Kotor yet, like it's. If you've played Mass Effect or any of those other type of games where like you have your main character that you play as and you have these conversation wheels, um, you know, where you, you pick different dialogue options and, and have all these conversations with your companions and other characters that you meet throughout the game. Like in KOTOR, that's all like all the characters that you're talking to have like fully voiced dialogue, but your character doesn't talk at all. Um, all the dialogue is just written out and you pick your dialogue choice. And then, um, again, with Bioware going on to like Mass Effect and all the other stuff that they've done, um, they expanded that to have like fully voiced main characters. And so I fully expect that we'll get that in this game now where the character that you're playing as, um, will have their own voice now. And so they're probably gonna have to write and flesh out a lot of dialogue for that. And I'm really looking forward to that too, to kind of see, um, your player character take on a whole new personality and, and sort of layers of performance that we didn't get to see before yeah totally um so yeah like i said um you know the guys that aspire developing that um no release date yet but uh, like at this point i'm just happy it exists again it's one of those things where i get the sense that it's probably going to be a ways away um and I'm kind of glad that it is because, again, if I'm going to make the switch to, to PlayStation, I've got time to kind of chew on that decision. And then if I do decide to go for it, I've got time to try to get a PS5 because they're still really hard to come by right now. So I'm not in any rush for this. It's just nice to have it finally confirmed. It's nice to get that glorious HD teaser of Revan and, uh, you know, to see that in all its glory and, and just a cool tease of things um, that we can look forward to to come. So... Whenever we get to play this, I am hugely excited and looking forward to it. Um, but let's move on from that and talk about just a few other, um, like I said, there's been a lot of other video game announcements recently. Um, and I'm going to just kind of quickly go through these because like we said, back at like E3, there weren't any announcements of like the big Star Wars games that we were hoping for, like Jedi Fallen Order 2 or anything like that. Um, I think our last episode was before uh, Gamescom, and we had talked about maybe getting some new info about LEGO Star Wars there. So we did get a new trailer there for LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Um, Unfortunately, because that game was originally supposed to come out spring of this year, and then it got pushed back, and we were hoping it would still be out before the end of the year. 
Um, at least Tim and I were. We know Paul doesn't care about Lego Star Wars. But nope. uh, this game has been pushed back now to spring of 2022. So there will officially be like no Star Wars games coming out this year. Um, at least console games anyways. Um, but there's a new trailer out for it. It looks great. The graphics look amazing. It looks like a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to playing this uh, <clears throat> when it finally comes out spring of 2022. Um, but there is also a new Lego Star Wars game for mobile called Lego Star Wars Battles that's like, um, it looks almost like a like a sort of mini like strategy game where you're, you know, on this battlefield and controlling all your units and stuff, but it's like a Lego version of it. So just kind of this fun cartoony spin on like a strategy battle game. Um, that's out now on Apple Arcade uh, for anybody that, um, you know, plays games on their iPhone and wants to check that out. Um, I haven't gotten to check it out yet, but I might at some point, um, if I can clear space cause my phone keeps filling up and I spend all my time playing galaxy of heroes, but I might want to check this out too, see if it's any good. Um, we also got a new trailer for star Wars hunters, uh, which we, well, we got a new trailer, but there's also been some screenshots that kind of show off a little bit more of what the gameplay is going to be like. And again, it does sort of seem to be like more of a casual kind of mobile focused, like team based arena shooter like Fortnite type of thing kind of sort of um and honestly this was one that like when it was first announced i was like eh, we'll wait and see i'm always down to try out a new star wars game and after seeing the trailer and the announcements and stuff i was like i might try this out when it comes out but like i really don't feel like this is for me um because it doesn't really feel like there's any sort of like lore or like engagement in the star wars universe as much as it is just kind of like a fun like team-based battle kind of game with star wars characters and kind of its own like unique like cartoony kind of art style um which is not not a knock on it in any sense and i'm sure there are some people that are gonna play this and love it and heck i'm like i said i'll probably try it out at least and i might love it too but um you know i'm not super hyped for this or anything um but yeah, Star Wars Hunters, I think, is coming out to... Or this is also going to be out in, in 2022. Um, and I think this was one that maybe they had initially announced for the end of this year, and then it ended up getting pushed back. And I think I saw somewhere that there might be like a closed beta for it or something by the end of the year. But um, the official launch is going to be next year uh, on the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, and on Nintendo Switch. So yeah, like I said, it's kind of more of a mobile game, but... Um, yeah, if you're into that, check it out when it comes out. I'm sure a lot of you guys have probably seen the trailers by now and stuff. Um, and then lastly, um, there's an, the the new expansion for the Tales from the Galaxy's Edge game for the um, the Oculus and the VR headsets and everything. I think it's just for Oculus Quest, actually. Um, that new chapter is, is out now. There's a DLC for it uh, called Last Call, and it's a new adventure with some like smugglers and bounty hunters and stuff. Um, I haven't played it yet, but actually I have played, uh, Tales from the Galaxy's Edge and that's actually pretty dang cool. Um, as is like, I've also played, uh, Vader Immortal, like I've gotten Oculus Quest and those were like the first two things that I bought. Um, but the Tales from the Galaxy's Edge is kind of cool. Cause like it's, it's its own little adventure on Batuu. Um, but then there's like a, a cantina, like bar owner that you meet and, um, you go like do quests for him and collect stuff. And then you, you bring him back the, the ingredients for his drinks or whatever. And he tells you stories, but then you get to like live out those adventures. And so the first one that came with the game, when it launched, you got to play as a Jedi in the high Republic era that like goes exploring with Yoda and explores this ancient temple. That's got like a dark side artifact in it and stuff. And that was actually 
Uh, I, I just played it recently and that was really freaking cool. Um, and so this one, um, as much as I would love to just keep exploring Jedi temples and stuff, I'm interested to see, uh, you know, what they've got going on with this. So, um, I'll probably check that out sometime soon. And, uh, I don't know, maybe let you guys know what I think, but, um, for anybody that's got an Oculus headset and, uh, you know, is interested in playing some Star Wars adventures on there, that's out now. Um, and that's it. Uh, for the video game stuff, like I said, just kind of a lot of rapid fire little stuff. Man, um, oh, I, sorry, I need to Paul. play it. No, I'm sorry. I was going to say, uh, I don't have an Oculus, but I do have Vader Immortal on my PS4. Uh, well, it's a PS5. I don't have a PS5. <laughs> and uh, I need to play it. And I'm hoping that the Tales from Galaxy's Edge gets gets to, uh, uh, you know, PS uh, uh, VR here soon because I want to play that. But I'm meaning to play uh, Vader uh, Immortal. Is it? Do you like it? I do. I actually, so, so I got an Oculus for my birthday earlier this year and I don't play it a whole lot just because it's kind of like a, I don't know, it's kind of more of a novelty thing. Like I really like it and, and I mostly just like play Beat Saber, um, which is like, if you haven't played that, it's almost like a guitar hero type of like music game, but like it's, it's not officially Star Wars licensed, but like you're playing with lightsabers and like these blocks fly at you with arrows and stuff and you like slice them with your lightsabers to the beat of songs and stuff. And that's, that's a lot of fun. And I almost do that just like as a workout. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't play it all that often. Like I bought all three of the chapters of Vader Immortal and I haven't played all the way through them yet. Um, okay. But it still is like really cool. Like I've kind of just been taking my time with it. Like same with um, the Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. Um, like as I just did that, the Jedi chapter thing recently. But um, yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it's really, you know, they do a good job of making it immersive and, okay. and feeling like you're really in the environments. And then um, with the the Vader's Castle, when there's even like this lightsaber dojo where you can go in and do um just like these you know lightsaber like challenges where you're just fighting training droids and stuff and I, i've probably done that more than i played the actual story um but uh yeah i mean it's just and like honestly i, I definitely i need to just make the time for it and uh go back and finish that all the way through but it's like because you gotta like take the headset out and set it up and then make sure there's nothing in the room and clear your space and then like it doesn't have a ton of battery life and so you know, you play for like maybe one or two play sessions and you got to recharge it again. So um, it's just not the type of thing that I'm like, you know, playing it all the time. But like, you know, I play it every once in a while and I do really enjoy it. So I would certainly yeah. recommend it. Like, the, it, you know, if you've got the, the Vader's Castle one on the um, or Vader Immortal on the PlayStation, I would definitely recommend playing through that. And because Vader Immortal is out on the, the, the PSVR, I would assume that they'll probably bring Tales to the Galaxy's Edge over there at some point, too. So. Um, yeah, yeah, I would recommend it. And it's, it's fun. Cause it's a, you know, it's a totally different like play style where, um, the Vader immortal, like you've just, you're kind of exploring Vader's castle and you eventually get a lightsaber and it's mostly just like lightsaber focused. Whereas, um, tales from the galaxy's edge, you get to use blasters. And so that's like a whole different, you know, kind of combat mechanic. And you actually can like duck behind rocks and you're shooting at, you know, uh, pirates and scoundrels and all that kind of stuff. Um, but then also there's more kind of like a little bit more video gamey kind of elements to it where like when, uh, when you kill enemies, you can like pick up their weapons or get money or items that they drop and you've got like an inventory and quest log to manage and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's fun. They're, they're both a lot of fun. I would recommend checking it out if you can. 
Yeah, we should do like like a retrospective or like a, a review of it because we both have it. I'm sure Tim will get it too. I'm sure he's got VR. I'm sure he does. He has everything. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember him talking about it, but we can ask him. But yeah, sure. I would, ask be, I would be down to, uh, you know, if we both play all the way through that and come back and do a review episode on it, yeah. that'd be fun. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So, yeah, that's all the um, all the video game stuff. Um, now let's, uh, briefly talk about a couple things regarding the Mandalorian. Uh, firstly, uh, just the fact that the Mandalorian won seven, seven Emmy awards again this year, um, for special visual effects, for sound mixing, cinematography, music composition, um, prosthetic makeup, stunt coordination, and stunt performance. Um, so congrats to, you know, all the people that work on that show, obviously well-deserved, you know, we think the world of that show over here. So, um, you know, excited to see it, uh, getting some much deserved love and, uh, looking forward to seeing more from the Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett and all that good stuff. Whenever we, uh, you know, get that back on our screens. Um, and also the, uh, for those of us that are into collecting the art books and the behind the scenes stuff and all that, I absolutely love the season one art book for the, you know, the art of the Mandalorian season one, um, and they recently mm-hmm. announced that the art of season two is going to be coming out this December. So um, that's just another thing that's going on my Christmas list. I get those art books for Christmas every year. So yeah, um, same here. Yeah. But honestly, I think, and again, maybe it's just because I love the Mandalorian so much, but also because I love Dave Filoni so much and just, you know, hang on every word that that man has to say about Star Wars. I think the art of the Mandalorian season one is probably my favorite so far of all the Star Wars art books that I've got. Because it's the only one that I've actually read cover to cover with all like the interviews and the, um, you know, all the text portions of the book. Because normally I just flip through and look at all the artwork. Um, but yeah, I just loved reading all the insights from Dave and John and everybody else and all the, the behind the scenes stuff about the making of that show. So um, can't wait to see what other insights they have and what other just really cool artwork and <clears throat> artwork and imagery they have for us to look at from season two. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I love art of books. I I live for the Star Wars ones, and there's there's I have all of them. I think in existence. I think I may be missing or I'm missing the Marvel one, but I feel like that one's such a cop out because it's it's mainly just covers, which I'm like, mm, I'm not whatever you know. There's a few things here and there I need to ask for, but I'm not gonna spend you know full price for it. But um, besides that, I think I have mo- all of them. And yeah, I, I live for those things. They're so great. And yeah, they're, I, yeah, I need to, I need to get season, right, there's season two. And, um, one you might have forgotten about is Tales from the Galaxy's Edge or Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, Galaxy's Edge art of book as well, which I need to get. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, I don't have all of them. Um, cause I mostly just started getting them f- like when the sequel trilogy was coming out. Um, I think right. I've got... I've got, I think I have all the ones, like I've got Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, and Rogue One, and season one of The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Those are all the art books I've got. Right. Um, so at some point, I, I should try to go back and get all the ones for like the prequels and stuff like that. But um, yeah, those are always really cool. I really enjoy those. Right on. Yeah. And then uh, last Mandalorian related thing. I mean, this is kind of old news at this point because this came out right after we recorded our last episode, which is um, that new Disney gallery special about uh, just the making of the Mandalorian season two finale. 
and then bringing back Mark Hamill and bringing Luke Skywalker in and just, you know, sort of going into like how they pulled that off in the story and how they kept the big secret and how they did all the technology of the face swapping and all that kind of stuff, which is, it was fascinating to watch and, and just kind of see everything that went into that process. Um, we might do, uh, probably not a full episode on that, but we might go a little bit more in depth on that a little bit more in the future, maybe talking more about the Mandalorian and stuff like that. Um, and I'm sure Tim would want to be here to talk about that too, but just wanted to mention that that's out there now for anybody that hasn't seen it yet. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love that kind of stuff. All the Disney gallery stuff for the Mandalorian has been fantastic, but obviously this was one glaring omission from, uh, the special that they released for the making of season two. Um, and so to finally get to go back now and see everything that went into that process of bringing Luke back at the end was just really special, just really cool to get to, to hear and see like, Dave Filoni and John Favreau and Mark Hamill and all these guys talking about just how special and awesome it was to um, to bring that character back. And even, you know, there's a, a part in there where uh, Mark Hamill was talking about like John and Dave sending him fan reaction videos on YouTube and just, you know, him watching uh, people's joy at seeing his character again. And, and just, um, I don't know, it was, it was really special. So if you haven't seen that yet, definitely go check it out. Um, and like I said, we might go into that more in a future episode where we're just talking about Mandalorian stuff, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that we finally got that word. Um, all right. And then lastly, last, lastly, before we get to visions, so second to lastly, uh, we've got some new high Republic novels that were announced recently at, um, I guess it was at, or, or maybe they were they were initially announced at the uh, San Diego Comic Con panel, um, but then like a bunch of the cover art and stuff was just recently revealed on the Star Wars: The High Republic show on YouTube, um, and so you can check out all this stuff on StarWars.com. I'm not necessarily going to go through all these titles, but they showed like a bunch of new cover work, cover artwork for um, some of like the the comics and the High Republic adventures and all that kind of stuff. Um, but then like covers for the main new novels that are going to be coming out, uh, namely, uh, the fallen star by Claudia gray, um, midnight horizon by Daniel Jose older and mission to disaster by Justina Ireland. Those are kind of like the next main wave of, of books that are coming out for the high Republic stuff. Um, and we still need to do, uh, a new episode where we kind of catch up on that stuff and talk about the latest book that came out, the rising storm, which I admittedly still need to finish reading. We just need to set a date for when we're going to record that episode. And then I have a goal for mm -hmm. when I need to finish the book by, and I'll make sure I get it done by then so we can talk about it. Um, and I know we've got some recent like comics and things that we want to talk about too. So we still will do just sort of a, a star Wars books and publishing, uh, update episode sometime soon when we're all able to get back on. Um, but yeah, so for those of you that are, um, you know, really invested in the High Republic stuff. You've got that stuff to look forward to. I would assume, I don't know if this stuff is coming out like by the end of this year or if it's uh, sometime next year. I don't know if they've announced that yet. Um, well, it mentions, it, I'm just looking at the StarWars.com article here. They mentioned some of these comics coming out in February, but I don't know um, when that next wave of novels is coming out. Um but I'm sure it probably won't be too long. So yeah, there's that uh, new High Republic stuff to look forward to for those of you that are into that. But without further ado, let's get into some Star Wars visions, shall we? Yes, let's do it. 
All right. Well, tell you what, I've been doing most of the talking so far. So, uh, Paul, I'll kind of let you go first and just start us out with like your, I don't know, maybe like your expectations for visions coming into it and then just kind of overall right. first impressions after watching it. Well, I, I think for me, uh, Star Wars Visions was, if I remember correctly, and I don't remember exactly what I said on the show, but I was really excited about it because I thought there was a lot of potential of really interesting things they could do with it. Um, I was definitely excited for it that way. And, um, you know, and, and I was always admittedly not a big anime fan. And I am not, again, I'm obviously, if you know me, I'm a huge comic book person. Uh, but I haven't read a lot of manga. I've done more manga reading in the last, um, you know, year or so than I ever have before in my life. So um, this stuff is all very new to me. And and, and I, I was never drawn to manga. I was never drawn to anime, even more so. I'm more drawn to manga than in anime, but, or anime. Um, and so um, I was going to be, I was excited to experience something that was different and just obviously anytime I get new Star Wars content, I'm all about it, right? So um, yeah, so for my for my experience, Star Wars Visions was going to be something where I was going to be excited to see what we were, we were going to get. And I, you know, because I didn't really know what we were going to get. And I didn't know, because I know there's a lot of anime out there that, or anime, again, I'm not sure if it's anime, anime, whatever. Um, I think it just depends on who you talk to. If that, fair enough. Um, but regardless, uh, it was, I, I, cause I thought there's going to be probably some really insane stories out there. You know, I just had no idea what, what I was going to get. And I was excited about seeing what kind of variety we were going to get. But when you do something like this, there's always a, I mean, it's always a risk, right? But I mean, with, with, with a kind of like a kind of giving them full, like creative control of all the stories, you don't really know what you're, you know, usually you can get a lot of mixed bag or it could just be just all, all all over the place, and I was very worried that all most of the stories were going to be all over the place. And so when we were getting to that point, um, I, I I watched it. I I was very much happy, Kyle, that I I, I was I'm happy that this it, I wasn't, you know, it was what I'm looking for. It wasn't all over the place. It was consistent enough to where I found enjoyment in all of them, even though I didn't love all of them. And I think that to me what was really nice about Star Wars Visions is that it was because they're all shorts. I, I wasn't I wasn't like, oh, man, this is a waste of time. It was like, OK, it wasn't for me, but or not again, the ones that I didn't love. I could just be like, cool. All right. On to the next one kind of a thing. Does that make sense? So, oh, yeah, definitely. So I felt like they did a great job. They did a great job of knowing that they could take the risk. And and obviously this is all predicated on getting, you know, into the, you know, Asian markets and, and, and getting into that, you know, area more. And and I'm glad because obviously, you know, manga, there's really great manga stories out there that they should be doing and, and things like that. So so yeah, so walking into this. I didn't know what to expect as far as like tone and I was a little worried about that, but I, I will say kind of, you know, going into it, you know, our, our general review here without Tim, uh, I'm going to say that I was pleasantly surprised how well it turned out overall. Again, I, I didn't love every single one. 
But I was impressed that I, I'm glad that we got what we got, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I kind of feel the same. Um mm. I mean, for me going into it, I was like, I'm not a big anime fan either. Um, I know Tim was pretty excited for it and he's more into kind of some of that stuff. Also, my sister, who's almost as big of a fan, uh, almost as big of a Star Wars fan as I am, but she's also a huge anime fan. Like she was hyped for this. Um, and, and she really liked it. So, um, oh, cool. Yeah. Or at least like, you know, we were talking about it afterwards and there were like a few of them that she really loved. Um, but I was like. I'm going into this with no expectations. Like from the trailer, it looks pretty cool. There, like, there were definitely a couple that I was excited for. Like, I was really excited for the duel just because, like, the animation style looked really unique. Like the whole black and white, and you know, the the red lightsaber blades, and just the textures that made it look like, you know, kind of like a like a Kurosawa film, but also like a, a hand drawn right. sketch. Um, I thought was was really neat, and so like that was the one that I expected to be my favorite one. Um, and there were a couple others that like, I thought looked cool or or just from the description sounded kind of interesting, but, um, yeah, going into it, like I didn't have real high expectations. Um, and again, it was like, Hey, if I don't enjoy this, like, it's fine if it's not for me, because I know there are some people that are huge anime fans that are going to be really into this. Um, and it's not something that I'm going to feel like let down by, or like, Oh, I'm, you know, Disney did me wrong because they did a Star Wars anime and I didn't like it because I wasn't necessarily expecting to. Um, but I kind of just tried to go into it with an open mind, but also like because there was nine different shorts and they're mostly all from different anime studios. And you could tell from the trailer that these all had like different styles, different tones. I was like, there's probably going to be some that I like and probably some that I don't. And that's fine, but I'm going to watch all of them, give them all a chance. Um, and like you said, I came out of it, like I watched through all of them in one sitting in one night. Um, and overall, like I enjoyed it. Like, you know, there were definitely some that were better than others. There were some that I absolutely loved and we'll get into kind of talking about more of some of our favorites. And I think what we're going to do, like, cause like I said, I know Tim's going to want to talk about this too. And there's definitely enough content with all of these that we can come back and yeah. you know do another episode on this. So I think when Tim comes back, we'll do kind of like we do with our movie reviews or our our trailer breakdowns. We're like, we'll just go through each episode and spend a a chunk of time talking about each one of these specials kind of in sequential order and what we liked about them and what we didn't like about them. Um, For this one, you know, Paul, you and I, we can just kind of give our thoughts on the the general series overall, but then talk about some of our favorite episodes or maybe some of our least favorite ones or just ones that stuck out to us in particular. Um, And it's just going to be a little bit less structured. Um, but, um, yeah, there were definitely, I've got like three that are like top of my list that I can't wait to talk about. Um, a couple that I was like, eh, that one wasn't really for me, but at least like the art was pretty or it had a cool fight scene or whatever. And then the rest in the middle that were just like, yeah, I maybe didn't absolutely love it or I'm not super hyped about it, but like I enjoyed it. It was a good time. So, um, you know, and I just, in, I enjoyed seeing all of the different art styles and, and all the different approaches um, to Star Wars. And honestly, like, you know, with this being an anthology, I know, I'm sure like a lot of other people did this too, where you just sat and watched all of them in one night. Um, 
But it's not like binging a series like, you know, Clone Wars or something where there's a continuous storyline. Like thinking about it afterwards, I almost feel like these shorts work better individually. Like I I feel like it's better if you don't binge them because then you can appreciate each one um, on its own and you're not necessarily comparing it to all the other ones. Because like, for example, like as soon as I finished watching all of them that first night, there were just like those two or three that I was really excited to go back and rewatch. And the rest of them, I was kind of like, eh, it was fine. I enjoyed it, but I'm not necessarily going to like rewatch any of these, but at least there's like a couple that I really enjoyed that I can go back and rewatch and and get some more out of those. But then like the next day, as I was thinking about it, I was like, you know, thinking about all the different ones. And I was like, no, I kind of want to rewatch all of them. Just if anything, just to, you know, experience it again or kind of pay more attention to certain things. But it's like, you know, watching them all in one sitting, it kind of all blurred together. Um, But uh, yeah, like I don't, I wouldn't go back and rewatch all of them in order again. Um, But I think it's fine. Like for me, it's great to just have these now where like when I'm in the mood for watching something Star Wars and I don't have time to sit down and watch a full movie. And rather than rewatching a Clone Wars episode that I've already seen 10 times, I can watch you know, a vision short. And next time I want to do the same thing, watch a different vision short and have it going to be, a, have it be a completely different experience. Cause they're all totally different, you know, characters and tones and art styles and all that. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I liked it again, it, you know, not my favorite thing in star Wars, but it's not necessarily, you know, anime is not really my thing. So it's not, I don't feel like I was the target audience for this, but obviously as a star Wars fan and someone who's open to, new Star Wars stories and characters and and different artistic creators getting to kind of put their spin on things. Like I, I'm glad we got this and I really enjoyed it. So, well, it's, it's funny you bring up the whole binge thing. Cause I, I both agree and disagree. Classic us, right? I, me disagree with you, right? Kyle? <laughs> um, no, uh, no, but seriously, um, I, I, I see your point and I agree for the most part, but I also feel like I binged most of it and I got the same reactions out of the things I needed, but it it all depends on the individual, right? I just, it depends on what. Well, and, and to be fair, I'm not saying that I wish I hadn't binged it all at once. Okay. I'm just saying like going forward, I'm just saying like the, the style doesn't necessarily lend itself to that. You can, if you want to, sure. Again, all of us Star Wars fans that were like new Star Wars content, I'm going to watch this all at once. Like there's nothing wrong with doing that. I'm just saying that like watching them all in one three hour sitting, my mind just went back to those couple of ones that I love the most that I really wanted to go back and rewatch and talk about. But like sitting on it for a day and then just kind of thinking of the whole thing as a whole, I wanted to go back and just rewatch certain ones individually and, and kind of pick apart certain things and just enjoy those individual stories. Like rather than it's like star Wars, like even though it's, it's labeled as star Wars visions, like it really is just a collection of nine separate shorts that all sort of stand on their own. Um, right. No, I don't think there's any, there's not necessarily any, any added benefit of binging them all in a row because they don't build on each other. They're not, you know, connected or or anything like that. So, no, um, I'm sorry. I, for some reason I thought when you said that I I got confused and that's my own dumb fault. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, Uh, no, that's all good. No, it's just funny because, uh, you're right. You don't, you don't need, you don't need to binge it. That's absolutely true. I, I agree with that. Um, it's because they're not all connected. That's a, I think that's one of those things where it's either a positive or a negative for a lot of people, right? Like that's kind of the, I, I think for some people, this whole anthology idea works and, and for a lot of people it doesn't. And it, it I don't know, I, I'm kind of in the middle, to be honest. I'm curious what you think. Um, I feel like with the nine they have, 
and how short they are, I kind of wish that they would have focused on less and or they had less of them, but had more story for all of them. And um, but but yeah, it's it's weird because the anthology thing does work, and I but it doesn't always let every story doesn't lend itself to only like a fifteen minute you know story time. I feel which we'll get to that in a minute, but but yeah, I, I definitely feel that there's the one thing I think Star Wars Visions does. And this is something to bring up, I think, now as we're, we're talking about this in general, is that, you know, in, uh, have you watched the special features yet, Kyle? I have not yet, no. Okay. There's there's like an origin, uh, like, you know, a seven-minute episode. And they're, the, I, I encourage everyone to watch them. They're a lot of fun. And they're very short. I wish they were longer, to be honest. They could be like 30 minutes each, to be honest, on each episode. But um, there's an origins episode. And they talk about how they even, you know, where they got the name. And I'm not sure if you knew this, but um, I'm sure you're familiar with Star Wars Visions, the art stuff from like the early 2000s or mid 2000s where George had like rando people just just do whatever they want inspired by Star Wars. And they took that name and applied it to this because it's very Hmm. much the same thing. And I'm like, huh, that's a really good way of looking at it. Like, you know, that's essentially what it is. It's always, it's star Wars through a different lens. That's yeah. not necessarily, you know, c- combined or affiliated with anything in particular from the greater canon or, you know, stories. And that's also, I think a very loose thing to even say with that, but that's, I think we'll say that for Tim's here um, for the most part. So with all that said, I think what's really cool and what Star Wars Visions does is it really lends itself to explore and experiment and show Lucasfilm what connects, I think, to an audience, not just from, you know, for, you know, Japanese and and, and Asian um, cultures, but just everyone all around, to be honest, because from someone who, you know, is not a huge anime fan or manga fan at this point. I got a lot out of these things of just experimentation from a storytelling perspective. And that's one thing I think that's been lacking in Star Wars from a, a lot, to be honest, is experimentation, um, you know, because of, of being a fear of like people flipping out. And I think this wide range of storytelling, to be honest, Kyle, and I'm curious what you think, really lends itself in showing people, and I think Lucasfilm and Disney, what kind of Star Wars people want. Um, for the most part, like, uh, and I mean, like, not everyone's gonna love the same things, but what do majority of people all connect to, you know, like, what do majority of people all like, all, all the episodes people all love, right? Mm-hmm. Or what all people maybe what are the, the episodes? What um, are the most viewed episodes? And what are the not most viewed episodes and talked about episodes and vice versa? And what does that mean? <laughs> Excuse me. So that's what I think this will do also and see what you can do and can't do in, in star Wars or as far as what is connecting to an audience at this moment. So that's what I think star Wars visions does on a, on a big scale. And I'm really excited about that because I think it does do some daring things in it. And I think some of it works and some of it doesn't, but I'm really grateful that they've given the light, the storytellers license to do it. And that's one thing I think that George, and I think I said this back in our old episodes, Cal, that George and the EU, God bless it, that he let them have freedom for the most part. He did not interfere. I mean, granted, like he had them pull back some things, obviously. But yeah. for the most part, 
he wanted them to tell their like unique stories. That was very important to him. And this very much is an extension of that. Yeah. Well, and it, I mean, it's interesting. I don't know that it necessarily um, is the same type of thing as what George was doing because yeah, George let people have free reign to tell different stories sure, in the EU, right. but they were all, you know, those stories were all sort of canon to a certain extent and they were all, you know, right. extensions of the movies and, and, you know, all following one timeline regarding Luke Skywalker and, and all the kind of stuff that we knew. But then also, right. like, George had free reign to uh, overrule any of that, you know, at his whim because he's the creator and gets to tell the stories that he wants to tell. So, like, with the, the Mandalore stuff in Clone Wars, for instance, um, mm. it's like, yeah, Karen Travis had free reign to do whatever she wanted with Mandalore in the EU. But George Lucas also had free reign to contradict that and say, I'm George, of you course. know, Star, yeah. Star Wars starts and ends with me. So, um, but the thing, like, another reason that I was really excited for this going into it. And the the reason it was nice to sort of not have that pressure and not have those expectations is like, you know, a, a lot of people were talking about, is this, you know, there, there were, there was a lot of discussion about, is this canon or not? And how are we supposed to interpret these things? And for me, I was like, I don't care. Like, for me, it seemed pretty apparent that like this is an interpret an artistic interpretation of star wars and that this is that was the intent of visions from the beginning was right. to tell different types of star wars stories <laughs> with different tones different styles different you know art styles for it to be you know all these different anime creators and different studios getting to sort of filter their own lens and their own vision of what star wars could be um and it's not, you know, again, it's not connected to any particular timeline. I mean, a lot of these do kind of connect to the events of the movies. And, you, you know, so you kind of just get a sense of like what part of the Star Wars universe or what part of the timeline we're working in here. But none of them really connect aside from Tatooine Rhapsody that has Boba Fett in it. But even then, like, it's just kind of a random Boba Fett adventure. It's like this isn't going right. to affect, you know, Boba's not going to mention this in Book of Boba Fett. Um, and there's nothing connecting to like Luke or Anakin or Ray or any major events from the films. This isn't impacting anything. And so it's like, if you want to take these stories as canon and that they actually happened, fine. If you want to look at this as just an artistic thing that doesn't count, like fine. Like it, it doesn't really matter. It has no bearing on anything. I was just sort of enjoying the experience and sort of the, just the unique interpretation and, and the different spin on this universe um, and just, you know, enjoying being introduced to these new characters and, and all that kind of stuff. And again, it was nice to like, not have that pressure of, okay, where are we going with this? And what's this going to connect to? And who's going to show up? And what does this mean for this thing over here? Um, like as much as I love that kind of stuff, and obviously we're going to be right back into that mode when Book of Boba Fett comes out, um, for this, you know, again, especially for it being anime and something that's, you know, not usually my speed, but just kind of getting to, uh, enjoy and try out a, a new form of star Wars storytelling and, and, you know, see if I enjoyed it or not. It was nice to kind of not have to worry about that pressure and like, Oh, what if I don't like this thing, but it has a really important story point that I need to accept this as part of the Mandalorian's backstory or whatever. Like it was just nice to not have any of that stuff to worry about. Yeah. And, and, <clears throat> and I'm one of those people who likes to have that stuff to worry about. And I'm going to save a lot of that conversation, I think, when Tim's here, because I think there's a lot. 
I think there's a lot of cool stuff they could do. And I think there was some limitations in some ways. And I think some things maybe were, you know, that you could still consider them somewhat canon in a, from a certain point of view. And I think mm-hmm. if there's one, if there's one thing that the last year has taught us with like, obviously bed batch and, you know, um, other things is that, there are liberties taken with canon and it's more of like, as long as the basis is there and that's canon, that's all it really matters. The fine details of all that stuff, that's just the minutia. But I think it's the, it's the stories that matter. Like as far as the characters exist and that actually happened, whether or not the blade looks like a ninja blade. Right. Is right. irrelevant. Like well, we, and- we talked about that. Yeah, and you know it's interesting. I just saw a tweet from Pablo Hidalgo the other day where he said basically the same thing, and but he used a really good analogy where he was like, "It's like, um, you know, history. Like the right. events happened, and then the movies, the comics, the games, you know, the TV series, whatever, are all just like." explanations or interpretations of those events through different lenses or whatever. Um, much like, you know, you have that certain, you know, have things like that in history and something like visions could be seen as, you know, just like an artistic sort of dramatized version of certain events that maybe did happen. Um, you know, like the twins, for instance, you know, I don't know, maybe those characters actually existed, but again, like the, the sister didn't actually get possessed by some dark side crystal that gave her the energy to like wield six lightsabers that then turn into like energy whips, Exactly, all this crazy stuff that happens in there. Cause obviously it's supposed to be very just like artistic and stylized. Um, but yeah, you, you could, again, yeah, you certainly could rationalize like the basis of those stories and those characters fitting into canon. But also, like I said, at this point, we don't really need to because there's nothing in right. here that's affecting anything yet. Um, yeah. But you're right. There are certain elements in here that tie in closely enough that if they wanted to sort of latch onto that and if they see that a certain thing is popular enough and and they kind of decide that maybe they want to run with it, um, they could do something that maybe incorporates more closely into canon or becomes sort of more of a, a, a canon storyline. Um, which, which honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing for a couple of these, but we can get into that in a bit. Yeah, yeah, and 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 we'll get and people who want us to get you know heavy duty, we're gonna save most of that for Tim. But we're, we're, we're well, I will say I'm I'm gonna get into some of that now, just because again we can like I'm sure when Tim comes back, he'll have his own stuff to say, course, and we'll have you right. know completely different conversations about it. And I well, you know, we repeat ourselves all the time anyway, so yeah, that's fair. Enough. There's that's some fair stuff enough. that I want to talk about now, but well, for sure, um, and and but um, and I think it's funny. Because we talked about, you know, Kotor, right? Like mm-hmm. we same kind of thing can happen. I think that's one thing I think Star Wars is starting to realize. And I and I, I think that it's not again, it's not every single detail like, you know, oh, they didn't say Kanan, you know, had like, you know, green lettuce. He had blue lettuce for lunch that on that story. And they didn't acknowledge that. So that kind of inconsistencies or you know, whatever, right? Or they added like, well, the bad batch, he didn't help the bad batch there, blah, blah, blah. You know, if, if that's like, if we're getting that super deep and you can't leave room for artistic license like we talked about in other episodes, it's, it, you're, you're, you can't, you gotta, you gotta roll with it a little bit. But that bell being said, I think that's the one thing about Star Wars Visions that it does is that you can kind of see now kind of where exactly it all fa- falls in line. And and, and that's the thing I, I love so much about this is that the ones that really liked Kyle, they really, they hit, they hit hard. And mm-hmm. I'm, 
very impressed. And I'm not sure how you want to do this. Um, I'll let because you're the, you're the leader, so I'm gonna let you kind of lead. So um, I'm not sure if you want to get into our favorites. You want to rank them? How you want to handle this now? Yeah. Well, um, let's go with this. What What are your out of all these? Which ones were would you say were like your top three? Top three. I think we're almost in line, except for one, which I can't believe is in your top three. If it is what <laughs> I think it is. Oh my god. Um, that being said, without a doubt, uh, number one's ninth, ninth Jedi. That is just phenomenal, tremendous Star Wars storytelling. Um, we'll get in that in a minute. Um, then second, probably Ronan. Um, and I say that in Are you I, mean, reason uh, why the duel. The duel. I'm sorry. I, I'm thinking of the book. It's coming. Yeah, out. yeah. I I was yeah. getting confused with those two for a while too. Yeah. Um. So the duel, and I think the reason why it gets it it beats the number three is because of the visual artistic um like manga influence of like the shading and and like the line work and all that stuff like that to me like the artistic idea of it like black and white manga influence is just beautiful and so descriptive and that's one thing i love about manga is that the black my, my good friend antonio who got me hooked on manga recently um he really brought out the you know and my love of black and white comic books i used to not like black and white comic books because i just colored i was used to it and what i learned the last couple of years is that black and white just you lose detail when you, when, you, when you color things and the black and white detail is so beautiful. And, and I think the duel captures that. And, <clears throat> um, I think it's gorgeous and I like the story. So it edges number three out for me, but just barely because of that one thing, because of comic book influence. But number three is the villagers, the villagers bride. Oh my God. That, that one, I got to tell you, I rewatched this morning again, finally, and I love, love that story. That is a great story. And the music in that, that uh, the music in most of these things are incredible, but the music really sticks out. And I think, um, uh, obviously the, the, the ninth Jedi, but I think the, the music is the best in the village, the villagers, uh, the villagers, villagers or villages bride. I it's just forget. the village bride, the village bride, excuse me, the village bride, um, the music in that is incredible. Um, it's it, it's really unique to Star Wars, but it's also like just its own thing. And it's I love the way it sounds. Um, it it's beautiful. And so the, yeah, the the Village's Bride is is just is phenomenal. The art, the the, the animation's great. The storytelling's great. The, um, everything about it's great. It, it tells a great, simple, uh, distinct story. Um, I love the ending. The ending's fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's a great story. Uh, in fact, I I think I like it more and more. I watch it and think about it. So yeah, those are my top three without a doubt. And I, I like I said, I feel like the duel's almost like cheating. It's so obvious. But I think I think the reason why I give it number two is because of that whole idea of like the manga influence. So, yeah, yeah those are my top three without a doubt. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's interesting. Like I said, I expected the duel to be my favorite one going into it just because like from the trailer, it was the one that intrigued me the most, like with the art style and everything. Um, I will say coming out of that one's not in my top three. It, I still really like it. And um, I actually 
I rewatched that one just uh, earlier while I was eating dinner before we started recording. Um, that one is really cool. Like I, I love the art style. I love the, you know, obviously the, the lightsaber duel is really cool and everything. I was, I think I was hoping that it would have a little bit more kind of story to it. I mean, obviously the story is very simple. It's like bad guys attack village, villagers defend themselves, but lose, uh, Ronin samurai guy with a lightsaber steps in and fights the evil Sith lady and they have a lightsaber duel and, you know, it all looks really cool, but like, you know, the story is very simple and that's not a knock on it. Um, it's just, there were some other stories that I enjoyed more. That one is still definitely really good. And like I said, it was one that I obviously went back and wanted to rewatch. Um, but not quite in my top three. Uh, my top three, I actually think I would probably say the village bride is my number one with, uh, the ninth Jedi being right behind it. Um, those two are both incredible. And I know that first night we were all watching them for the first time, like you and me and Tim were all texting, you know, right after we all finished watching the ninth Jedi right around the same time. And you were talking about how incredible that was. Um, but I think so like, you know, watching them all in order, I was, you know, I was enjoying it. It was good. But the, uh, the village bride was the first one that stuck out to me as like, wow. Okay. That was really cool. That was something special. Um, and that still was, you know, and then again, watching the ninth Jedi right after that, I was like, oh, okay, dang, that one was really cool too. But I think, um, I think the village bride was maybe for me just a little bit more unique. Um, and like you said, just the, the visual style of it, but also the music, um, was just, uh, it was beautiful. So, but I think we should, we should definitely break those two down for sure. And again, I mean, obviously we'll talk about it again when Tim comes back and we'll kind of just go through and talk about all of them. Um, but with those being on both of our lists, we should talk about those two for sure. And then my number three, yes, is TOB1, which I wasn't expecting to like, you know, going into it. Like I knew that that was going to be the one that was kind of like a retro throwback to like Astro Boy and Mega Man and all that kind of stuff. And is, you know, this boy that wants the droid that wants to be a, a real boy and wants to be a Jedi and is kind of like, you know, almost like a Pinocchio type of story. Which I was like, oh, it's probably going to be fun and cute and whatever and, you know, but not super engaging. Um, and I ended up absolutely loving it. And I think just because the, again, the art style, the music, um, and just the, I don't know, just the charming nature of the character. I mean, he's so sort of, you know, innocent and unassuming, but then like the relationship between him and his, you know, professor, creator, master guy that ends up being a Jedi and... Um, I don't know. I just, I really love the story, um, and the, you know, the progression that his character goes through where he, you know, finally does become a Jedi and gets a lightsaber and defeats the Inquisitor at the end. And, um, it was just, it was really fun. That was, of all the ones that were, um, you know, the most, cause, cause there are some that feel like a Star Wars story, within that just have like an anime style to it right like especially i think the ninth jedi and a lot of people it's funny because i i hear a lot of people with the ninth jedi say like oh this is the type of star wars that i want to see more of or like i love this type of star wars storytelling and to me i'm like yeah i loved it too but like it was the one that felt the most like a star wars story you know like some of these shorts yeah, yeah some of these shorts like could only be done as anime just because of the the style oh, and, yeah. and the art and just sort of the stylized nature of it. Like the ninth Jedi could have easily been, you know, a, a live action story or a Clone Wars episode or something like that. Um, 
But of all the ones that were kind of weird and stylized and definitely like could only be done in an yep. anime style, TOB1 yep. is definitely one of those and is yep. definitely my favorite of the bunch. So, um, but I also Wait. think that I think the Village Bride is a, a kind of a fusion of the two of those because that is definitely also a, a very sort yes. of Star Wars and very Jedi centric story. But the, I think sort of the, just the Japanese influence on like the costumes and the setting and everything definitely makes that one unique and makes that one special. And like, you could do that in live action, but you, it would definitely lose some of its uniqueness. Um, it's, whereas it's I don't funny. necessarily feel like, I feel like the ninth Jedi, like that story would just translate perfectly into live action star Wars and TOB one would not translate at all. But again, you know, it's like, if you're coming just for good star Wars stories, that one might turn you off. But if you're seeing like, okay, what's someone's, you know, it, it's not TOB one is not a star Wars story with an, you know, an anime style. It's an anime with a star Wars yeah. style. If Twist. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, no, makes sense. But again, I just, I, I wasn't expecting to love it as much as I did, but it just, it warmed my heart and I couldn't help but love it. So that's my number. You two. know, someone's got to love TOB one and I'm glad <laughs> it's you. Um, so, but you know what's all, funny, and uh, just real quick, one thing that I love about this, because because you were talking about um, how maybe you know this could be something where Lucasfilm is kind of testing the waters and see which one of these sure. resonate with people, and if there's anyone that you know stands out as a clear favorite or, or whatever. But I've been looking, you know, just reading people's comments online and stuff, and different you know pages and Star Wars podcasts and fan pages and whatever have been asking, you know, hey, give us your ranking of the Star Wars Visions episodes, and I go through and look. And everybody's are wildly different, um, which I think is course, really cool. Yeah. Like, and if anything, I feel like um, probably the three that you mentioned, like um, th- I feel like the Ninth Jedi, the Village Bride, and the Duel are probably the three that end up near the top of everybody's list. Yeah, um, yeah. in in some order, especially I think the Ninth Jedi and the Village Bride, but the Duel is one that I've seen getting a lot of love too. Um, but again, I mean, you know, some people might love one of those over the other. Like those are all still in in different orders. But like, sure, Tob One is one that I saw at a lot of at, like at the bottom of a lot of people's lists, which then prompted me to go tweet about it. And I said, "Hey, I feel like oh, I'm I in saw. the minority." Yeah, and I said, "Hey, I feel like I'm in the minority here, I guess." But I really love this one, and it was just you know, it was charming and heartwarming and fun, and and I just I really enjoyed yeah. it. And a bunch of people commented on it and said, "Hey, I absolutely love that one too. It was on one of my favorites." So. There's definitely, you know, a crowd that loves that one out there, too. And there's, you know, certain other ones, too. Like, for example, um, I didn't love uh, the twins. Um, like, the, you know, the, the duel between them at the end was really cool and, you know, just flashy mm. animation and, and cool action and stuff. But um, I don't know. Just that one I wasn't a huge fan of just some of, like, the dialogue. And it was just kind of cheesy and over the top. And honestly, had <laughs> some tropes that... I feel like I've seen in a lot of the anime that I've watched that make me not a huge anime fan, which is like, again, just some of the over the top, like melodrama where they're having this big climactic battle and there's just, you know, it's over the top explosions and effects and energy shooting out. And in the middle of all that, one character needs to scream at the other one about like, you are my brother and you need to remember the purpose of your birth and your destiny and blah, 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 whatever. And it's just, you know, screaming this melodramatic stuff. And then the other guy is sitting there 
having these like expository internal monologues like, oh no, she's being consumed. I have to do something. Oh, I know. I'll hit the crystal on the, you know, and just like explaining everything in their heads. And that was just, I was like, oh, oh, okay, here we go again. So like that one wasn't my favorite, but I've seen people that love that one. Um, Also like Lop and Ocho um, is one Mm. that like that one, again, like there's, there were things about it that I loved. That was one of my favorite ones in terms of the animation and the art style. Like it just looked gorgeous, but also like having the main character be this like rabbit lady that again, looks like perfectly in place as an anime character, but seemed kind of out of place as a star Wars character. Mm. Um, and then I honestly, I like, I need to go back and watch that one again, just because again, watching them all together, it, it kind of blurred together. And I don't remember how that one ended, but I specifically remember being disappointed with the ending. Like it ended kind of abruptly mm. or, or seemed weird or whatever. So that's another one that, but that one specifically, I feel like, I feel like is a polarizing one. Cause I've seen a lot of people rank that at the bottom or say, say they didn't like that one. And I've seen a lot of people that love that one. So I just think it's cool that there's, again, there's something in here for everybody. And there's, you know, there's something like there's people that love certain ones that don't like other ones. And then other people that love those ones that somebody else disliked and and vice versa. So, um, you know, it's cool to see that even though like, and it, it might be a bit of a mixed bag, you know, some people maybe enjoyed all of them to some extent other people maybe only liked a couple of them and didn't like the rest but it seems like at least there's something in here for for everybody and everybody can enjoy some part of this to some extent man man we can get so much mileage out of star wars visions talking about man there's so many things you talked about just now i'm like i want to talk about this one thing i want to say about ninth jedi specifically you said that it felt more like an actual star wars tale just done with anime with anime style that I'm going to disagree with a little bit because what I thought was fascinating was a lot of the different ideas of like the, like the Margrave coming out of the of the droid felt very like like I, I was some out of the blue. I felt very anime to me. Again, I don't know anime super well, so maybe I'm wrong, but that felt very anime to me. Some of the way the storytelling was with this, with, with like the lightsabers and how they changed different colors that felt very anime to me. The whole instant uh, idea. There's lots of great um, different little things of storytelling I felt in the the Village Bride and in uh, the Ninth Jedi that are very distinct and more so probably maybe in Village Bride. I, I will give you that. Um, but I think the Ninth Jedi still has a lot, a lot of anime uh, uh, things in it that I think are great that I think give it a unique a uniqueness that's not just a typical Star Wars story. But at the same time. That's what makes the story – I think this so good for me, Kyle, is that the Ninth Jedi is good not just because of those things, but like it's – that it's still – it's anime, but the story, if you take out some like – some of those other aspects or even like tweak them a little bit, it's fantastic Star Wars. And um, that's what I think is so great about it is that it takes both those aspects and they – they just make it go to 11. They're great. And I think that that's, at least in my opinion, I think that, and I know you love it too, but I feel that the elements of that make it are super heavy anime still are there. Um, but, but either way, yeah, I, I'm with you. I do love the fact that this is a mixed bag in a good way that it's definitely still like you're something for everybody. Like I don't like TOB one, but it's funny because you mentioned Lop, Lop and Ocho. I love that one. Um, 
Now, full disclosure, I have a, you know, I have, a, I think, a real deep connection. I cried during the episode, admittedly, because of the content. And, you know, I related a lot to the content. And I have no shame saying that there's, a, you know, I have, I'm a little biased towards it. But I actually really liked the episode before that, too. I like I liked a little bit of weird, like, you know, animal character. Um, I like the idea of like um, some of the, the uh, uh, themes they brought up in the episode a lot. Wait, which one I, was the one before that? Uh, La Pinocho? Oh, oh, sorry. You're, wait, are you talking about just wait? You said there was I'm something you liked Pinocho. in the episode. You said there was something you liked in the episode before it, though. Um. Oh, I'm talking about just I liked uh, something I liked about the episode itself, like. Uh, I, I connected to it emotionally, but I liked it already before the emotional attachment. Oh, okay. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Sorry. There's a, there's a part in Lop and Ocho where I literally lost it. And, um, if you know, I'm not gonna get into it, but, um, specifically we'll, we will wait till the, when Tim, but if you know me at all, my history, um, you know why probably you can see why, but even before that moment, I really liked the episode. Um, just, I like the fact that it was telling a story. It was a little, it was a little, you know, cr- little crazy with a rabbit character and everything. And, um, it still, it felt like still like true to star Wars. Whereas like the twins, it's one of my least favorite ones. Not a big fan of the twins. It's a little out there for me as far as like the storytelling. I don't dislike, I don't dislike any of them except for the last episode. I don't like that one. That one's not for me. Like even TOB one, I like okay. Like, I think it's fine. I just think it's not, like, my favorite. It's just okay. The last episode's not my thing. No, not into that one. Yeah, the Akakiri. No, and yeah. see, that one... That one, that one like was... Insane. That one was weird. And it was, like... Felt like it was intentionally trying to be weird. Like, even... Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. all the other ones still had their own unique art styles. But, like, you know, anime in general, I feel like, has kind of a... a, a an art style that like all animes look different, but you look at something and it looks like anime, right? Where this one looked right. way different from all the other ones. And even like the music was just kind of weird and offbeat. Um, I did kind of like the story of that last one because it, it obviously felt very inspired by like Anakin's story mm. of having this hero who's uh, trying to protect the woman he loves and then ends up, uh, you know, like in trying to protect her, ends up causing her demise and turning to the dark side and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, it was a little bit opposite because like in, like obviously in revenge of the Sith, Anakin foresees Padme's death, turns to the dark side to uh, try to prevent her death. And then in doing so ends up causing her death. Whereas this was like, this guy is trying to protect the woman he loves from the dark side and ends up, being possessed by it and like accidentally killing her because he thinks she's one of the bad guys. And then he joins the dark side in order to try to like save her or bring her back when he's already, you know, killed her. So, um, but it still felt like, you know, those, those story beats were there where it was like, okay, this obviously is like just sort of a a weird offbeat, like anime interpretation of that Anakin story. Um, And again, like I, I appreciated it for trying to do something different, but yeah, it, it, I don't know. It wasn't my favorite one. Um, and like, it was just a little kind of wacky and offbeat, but yeah, I'm like, you said, I'm sure there are some people that didn't like that and thought it was too weird and maybe some people that loved it, but yeah, I like that. It's mm-hmm. uh, 
just kind of a mixed bag of, of styles and stories and everything. Yeah. And, and I think that with, if I had to rank them all, um, and kind of look at them all right now, just, just a quick little ranking right now, I would say, um, obviously I'd go ninth Jedi village bride and then, or actually, no, I'm sorry. Ninth Jedi, uh, the duel, uh, village bride. And then after that, I'd probably go, um, probably to be honest, I might go Lop and Ocho. I really like that one um, a lot. Um, and then I'd say probably the uh, the Elder. Um, the Elder was one that I thought that was like pretty cool, but it also was just kind of I don't know. It was fine. It was cool, but like just kind of had I don't know. Like, yeah. I, that one's hard to explain for me. Am I? Yeah. No, I, I get it because again, that was one of those ones. That was one of those ones for me that after I watched it the first time was like, eh, that was fine. And then the next day was like, I want to go back and watch that one again though. Like I need to kind of reevaluate just that one on its own. Um, I did like, I like the vibe of that one. I like the, the dynamic between the master and his apprentice. Um, you know, yeah. the, the two Jedi characters, um, the lightsaber duel in that one was really cool. Like just the choreography and the, the sound yeah. design of the lightsaber duel. Yeah. Like that might've been my lights, my favorite lightsaber duel of the whole series. Um, Whoa. Dang, maybe, man. maybe like it, again, that one, especially the sound design. Like I just remember after already yeah, having, cool. after already having seen a bunch of lightsaber fights, that one stuck out to me. It's like, Oh, this is cool. Um, but the story was, it was a little bit of a slow burn in like the first half of the episode, just in setting up the story and everything. And then also I thought the ending was kind of weird just because like when the, uh, when the Jedi gets separated and the Padawan duels, the old Sith guy first, like it looked like he was dead. Like, I know, yeah, like the, the you know, the, the guy, like, you know, he's got two lightsabers and he uses one to like block his saber up high and then he slashes him right across the middle. And I know he's got these little like lightsaber dagger things, but still, like, I thought he cut him in half and they just didn't show him falling in half because it was, you know, trying to be not too violent or whatever. But like, you know, so I was really confused when he was like talking with his master at the end and then he's like, oh, your wound is on the mend. And I was like, what wound? Like, he bisected you. What the heck? Um, so yeah, that, that one had some ups and downs for me, but that's definitely one that I'm, I want to go back and rewatch again and and just give it a second look. So I, I'd say that, so I'd go, um, after, uh, village bride, I'd go Lopinocho, the elder. Then I would say Tanoine Rhapsody. It's, it's lower my rankings, but I don't let that fool you. That's a fun little episode that mm-hmm. like I was not, I was not anticipating because, you know, <clears throat> the storyline itself was like, eh, I don't know, but it actually ended up being like really fun. It was really cool. It was actually really clever, cleverly written, to be honest. Like that's where I was really more impressed with the writing overall um, as far as like how the, the char- how they decided to get the characters together, what they were doing, um, just like, some of the different like scenes like, with like, Jabba's tapping his tail, I laughed out loud. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I mean, like stuff like that. Like I thought it was really well done. I mean, like to be honest, that should be that on itself should be like the worst episode of the bunch, but it's far from it in my opinion. So I'm not even close as far as like you know tone and everything. So. I was really impressed with that episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, and then I'd go, sorry, Kyle, TBO one, and then um, a car, a Curry, whatever it is. And yeah, I'm, don't ever want to watch that one again, to be honest. <laughs> that wasn't my thing. But no, I. But here's the thing about it, though. 
Um, I like looking at it right now, looking at all these, I'm like, you know, out of all the nine, I legitimately liked, I'd say seven out of nine. Like legitimately, I mean, I, TOB one didn't really like it. Some other thing. It's okay. Um, I watched it and it, I, 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 whatever. Um, but I legitimately liked, the, you know, or actually no, wait, I'm sorry. I've read the twins. So then I'd go, yeah, Tattling Rhapsody, the twins, then I'd go TOB one, then, uh, a curry, whatever it is. So the twins, not my favorite, not my big, not my thing really. Um, that seems very much in the, in the wheelhouse of, of, of traditional anime. So all that being said, you know, I still liked it, still enjoyed it. And, um, you know, like even TOB one, I, I can see the allure of that. Um, just, it's just not my, my kind of thing I want to watch, but, but yeah, like I, I think that like looking at all this, you know, I'm like, man, like lots of really diverse storytelling as like far as far as like kinds of stories, even though some of them are kind of like place off of uh, traditional storytelling in some ways. Yeah, for sure. And um, well, it's funny because so I actually was making a ranking of these on my phone, like as I was watching them for the first time. So I'll give you my ranking real quick. Yeah, do it. Yeah, do it. Yeah. So uh, I've got the Village Bride at number one. Then the ninth yeah. Jedi, then Tob One, then uh, the Duel, then the Elder, then Tatooine Rhapsody, then oh, well, uh, okay. yeah, then I've got so I've got Akakiri next after that, then oh, Lopin. You're insane. That's still in the bottom three. Um, Dude, Lopin Ocho is so much better than Akakiri. It's like not even. It's like, ugh, it's like come on. Come again, on. again that. I loved Tob One. That one didn't work for you. You loved Apinojo. That one didn't work for me. Um, but yeah, I've got a, I've got Akakiri, then Lopinojo, then the twins. Um, and I'm interested to talk about this again when Tim comes on and see what his ranking is because I'm sure it's going to be completely different. Um, except, like I said, I'm sure we've all probably got you know the Ninth Jedi and the Village Bride up near the top. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I honestly I think it's cool that. Um, you know, we yeah. all liked different things about it that, you know, if there's certain ones that you loved and other ones that you didn't love as much, like it's no skin off your back, really. Like, it's not like, again, oh, it's skin. I, what? It's an, oh, it's skin. It's skin <laughs> off my back. <laughs> um, no, but like, I, you know, again, I like that there's not, you know, one that was like supposed to be super important and it fell flat or whatever. Like, it's just kind of, you know, it's all these different takes and all these different interpretations and you like what you like so um but let's talk a little bit more about you know those two the village bride and the ninth jedi sure, um yeah. just because you know we've both got those at the top of our list yes, um the well one thing i want to say specifically about like well let's talk about the ninth jedi first just because i want to mention with that one like i said and i'm not disagreeing with you like there are definitely still some parts of that that are very anime like i also i love the freaking um the pilot droid that's sitting there like drinking tea and she tries to, you know, get a ride from him and he's like, go away. I'm on my break. Um, that also felt very anime. Oh like, and that, that could have worked too for like, you know, you could have just a, a cranky droid like that, but especially with them drinking the teacup, like it felt very anime inspired. It was amazing. Um, but even like, um, like you were mentioning with the lightsabers, that was one thing I thought was really cool because like, yes, it did feel like stylized in a sense, like the fact that the, um, 
you know, the lightsabers would change colors depending on the owner's connection with the force and stuff. But that also is canon to an extent because that's what they do in Clone Wars with the uh, the kyber crystals. When the younglings go to get their crystals for their lightsabers, the crystals are all clear and they don't, you know, take shape or, or they don't uh, take a color until someone chooses them. And then it, it changes color based on the user. And well... So, Continue, continue. Yeah, no, so I'm just saying, like, you know, we've seen that with crystals before, but we've never seen that with lightsabers. Um, And so, again, this was, I I just thought that was a cool thing to do, Mm. something different that we hadn't seen before, but it was, like, there's basis for that in canon. And so I'm not saying that, like, oh, that's absolutely canon, that lightsabers can just change colors on a whim, but it also didn't right. feel like, oh, wait, that's weird. We've never seen that before. It's like, well, no, we've, seen, we've seen something like that before, and then they just took it and ran with it. And I thought it was really cool. Even just, you know, having um, Kara, the, which, by the way, I think she was my favorite character out of all these oh, shows. Oh, 100%. Um, that and the Village Bride Jedi. The, yeah, yeah that me. too. But I would say... I mean, I love them for different reasons. Like the the Jedi in the Village Bride had the coolest character moment, just with her reveal of being a Jedi at the end. Um, right. But Kara was just really like sort of fun and spunky, like throughout the whole thing. Like it was just you know instantly like a, a, an endearing character, um, and even was you know it started off sort of in the similar vein of like Luke and Ezra, where she's on a desolate planet. Um, you know, standing up on her tower, kind of dreaming, looking off at the stars and then, you know, goes about her, her work, you know, sort of mundane work, but it's, you know, she's mining kyber crystals and her dad's trying to help bring back the Jedi. And then you find out she actually is able to, you know, she has some connection to the force and is able to use a lightsaber. And, um, yeah, I loved all of that stuff. Like just again, Jedi mythology, uh, building lightsabers, working with kyber crystals, like I'm all about that stuff. And so even to see, you know, her activating the lightsaber and it was like changing lengths and the the blade was kind of transparent and didn't really have a color to it yet and everything. And, you know, him talking about like, oh, you know, it'll get stronger with your connection to the force and everything. Ugh. I love, I loved that stuff. Loved it. Love yeah. my God. There. And so, oh, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. So with, so the reason why I would say that, um, that 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 part of the episode was um or is is not really a part of canon kind of canon the problem is is that in in right now in the current canon you're right lightsabers do take shape but they don't change color by the person who handles them and so and now also with red lightsabers you have to bleed the crystal first and they grab the lightsabers and they're automatically red and then that true, one guy true. turns purple and we all know that um when uh and in, in, or not, we all know. But um, in Star Wars canon, when you take a red lightsaber and you, like you're not a dark side user, and you kind of you can un, you know you heal the blade, it turns white, and that's why Ahsoka has white lightsabers, right? So there's there is like um, what I was saying was what and what I took it as too would you could either do either one like this, Kyle. You could make it that be that timeline be early or later like thousands of years after or before the rise of Skywalker. And what I think was really cool about that is that it became almost like either, you know, Jedi is devolved by that point or they evolved to a point where like their connection with the force with, I watched the episode again and the locksmith says he designs it purposefully 
Okay. That's another thing he, you know, this guy could be maybe a different kind of force person altogether, right? So there's lots of different ways you can write around that. So I don't want to make it seem like that's like a, a deal breaker because I don't think it is by any means. So, um, yeah, I think it's really cool, actually. That, that to me was a, a, one of the best parts of the story was that it revealed the the Sith of, or the, the Dark Jedi of the episode. And also you're doing you're doing the story um you're developing character with multiple characters like Kara and the other guy who has, you know, the, the two other Jedi who are actually good, right? That you develop, like, you know, when he grabs a lightsaber, he, it's blue, you automatically know, like, he's legitimately a good person. So, um, and the guy who ends up being bad turns, you know, he's actually not as bad as, you know, whatever. So I love that aspect of it. And I would love for them to adapt more of that kind of stuff into the canon. Though I still love the idea of, of Sith having to bleed their crystals too. Yeah, for sure. And, and again, like, I think, again, it wasn't necessarily that I was looking at this as like, oh yeah, this is canon that lightsabers can change color. But just the fact that like right, they took right. something that is has a basis in canon and then just sure. ran with it and kind of, you know, kind of made it stylized. It was fantastic. Like, it was, yeah. yeah, it was super cool. Also, as far as the the timeline on this, because you're right, like this could take place way in the past, but I took this as taking place after the rise of Skywalker, which I love. But great. Also, it's like it could be because they talk about how like the Jedi aren't around anymore, but obviously, like at least Ray would be around. But we don't know. Like, does this take place maybe right after and like just the. Um, Gosh, what's I the think it's, name? it's it's not the magistrate. It's the um, Mar, Ma, 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 uh, Malgrave or is a, Mar, um, Margrave. Yeah, I, I can Mar, never yeah, remember. Yeah, Margrave. Yeah, yeah. Me neither. I always forget. Um, it's like maybe he just hasn't met Ray or doesn't know that there's another Jedi out there. But this also could be like hundreds of years after. Like I love the. I fact think it's that hundreds it's, of years after. Yeah, I, I love if, the if fact that the it's just kind of nebulous. But it's just the fact exactly. that exactly like, at some point there were. Thousands of Jedi ruling, you know, keeping the peace around the galaxy and they vanished like that's the thing of the past. And now this guy's trying to bring them back. Um, but again, that's really like it's like, yes, you could just based on the stories that we know, you can place this after Rise of Skywalker. But that also could take place at any point in the timeline. You know, this could take mm -hmm. place back during the Old Republic, during a time where maybe the Jedi were right, wiped out and had to rebuild or, or something like that. Um, right. And again, you know, I'm not trying to to tie it too closely to canon. You know, this isn't like when I was watching it. I, I want to. Well, I, I do and I don't. Like, again, it's it's cool to imagine where this might fit in canon. But at the same time, I'm not, you know, just because it has no bearing on anything else. And because at least for right now, it's just a one-off short. It's like, are we ever going to see these characters again? Is this actually going to affect anything else? Like, if no, then it doesn't really matter when it takes place. May but I? also, but also I would say that of all the shorts, because we've talked about like, okay, are they going to continue on with this? Like, are they, mm. you know, could we get another installment of star Wars visions where it's maybe just more shorts and more different interpretations, but also are there any of these that maybe people are going to latch onto that they maybe would want to expand and either do a sequel to maybe just a, a follow-up as another short or maybe expand it into either like an animated movie or turn it into its own anime series. And I would say of all the ones here, the ninth Jedi is absolutely the one that I would want to see more of. Um, so, so it's funny you say that uh, Kyle, cause you haven't seen the, the special features. This is why you need to watch them because um, oh, I will. Jedi... I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to watch those before we, uh, before we 
do our next episode and talk about this more. Oh, oh yeah. Well, well, if you, and I'm just spoiler alert. Um, the ninth Jedi one, the, the guy who didn't write the story, but cause it, cause I don't even want to spoil it. You guys just got to watch it. Cause they're great. They're fantastic. And there's, there's a reason why this one's a little bit longer, you know, which is really cool. Um, and you could tell, I'll just say this. I, you could tell that Lucasfilm knew there was something brewing with this one. Although, and, but the one they all spoil you on, and it goes along what you're talking about. Um, the guy, the head guy at the studio, not the writer, but the head guy at the studio was talking how he wants to see the writer finish more of the story, finish the story. Cause they didn't know how to finish the story, hmm. which we see. Right. And he said, cause I really want to see the story be finished. He said, but that's not for, that's not for me to decide. That's for the audience to decide. And that's how it ended. Hmm. And I just thought about that for a minute. I'm like, oh man, like this is. So that the, like the, they left it in the 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 interview for one right, but also the head guy says that, so they're pretty much telling the audience, in my opinion, hey, you want this, let us know. And I think the audience has spoken. I I have not seen anything but glowing ray reviews for the Ninth Jedi. Yeah. So I think, I think, what they need to do is. They need to look at the responses for these episodes and focus on more time. I honestly give me a feature length hour, 45 minute, whatever, longer than 30 minutes though. Give me a 45 minute hour and a half special movie about this. And what they need to do in my, and you're going to maybe you'll disagree with this, but they need to peg not completely, but they need to get a time frame of where exactly this might, this could take place and start developing around it a little bit because honestly, Kyle, I think the Ninth Jedi has not just story implications of like success, but like marketing. I think I think there's a lot of marketing character marketable characters. Car is a fantastic character. Um, there's I think marketability in all like the the the, the Margrave, the other alien character, the the droids. I mean, there are like this is a this is a franchise, man. Like when I say franchise, this is like the Mandalorian, in my opinion. Like I think there's a lot of potential with this, and I think they gotta they gotta see to it. And so, um, I don't think it's an accident that this is longer, and I don't think it's an accident that that guy says that at the very end of the story. Because I like you and me and a lot of people out there, they want to see the story concluded or continued. And honestly, it's wide open. And I think Lucasfilm needs to peg some kind of timeline on it and say, this is when it roughly takes a place, not exactly, roughly, and then go from there. Because this is chef's kiss Star Wars storytelling, in my opinion. Some yeah, of the best and, Star Wars storytelling in years. And, you know, I I don't know if I would say some of the best in years, but, like, it's, it's up there for sure. Um, and I totally agree with everything you're saying. I want to see more of that story. Um, and not even necessarily just fleshed out into like a, a half hour or hour long thing, like make this an ongoing series, you know, make oh, like, yeah, you, yeah. Just have this Part, be, yeah, please like it. And again, I don't know if maybe they have any other plans for, for visions or for anime stuff based off of this. But if the only thing that comes of this is the ninth Jedi becoming like just a star Wars anime series on Disney plus and getting, you know, 16, 22 minute episodes, I'm all for that. Um, mm -hmm. 
Because the the story is well wide said. open for uh, like obviously her father's been taken by those guys that are like working for the Sith guys, um, and she wants to go find her father. But she's now met up with this Margrave, and obviously he's going to have his own objectives, and he's trying to rebuild the Jedi Order. And you know, I mean, you guys know I've wanted. I mean, ever since the sequel trilogy started, I've wanted an animated series focused on Luke and Ben Solo and Luke trying to recreate the Jedi yeah. order. But if we're not going to get that, give us an alternate story where it's this Margrave and it's hundreds of years later or whatever, just, you know, with somebody, Ugh. you know, with this this generation of young Jedi, because you got the other character, Ethan, and, um, you know, and, and obviously there's other Force-sensitive people that they could go recruit. Like, there's just so much you could mine from that. Oh, um, yeah. And you're right. You know, as I was talking about how, at least for now, where they're just these, you know, just sort of this um, collection of, you know, this anthology of standalone stories that don't really connect to anything or don't really have much impact on anything. I'm fine with it, like not needing to worry about when it takes place or if it's canon or whatever. Right. But I think if they were to expand on it, then, yeah, you have to kind of give people a little bit more something to latch on to, even if it were to just be like this takes place hundreds of years after the movies, this, you know, you could still kind of keep this as its own thing. It could still be a thing that like may or may not be canon. So you could still kind of like make it a little bit more anime stylized and, and, you know, just let it carve out its own little space. This doesn't need to be like episode 10. This doesn't need to be like, you know, the next thing that's happening right after the rise of Skywalker, I would say still, you know, give it its own place, let it be kind of its own separate thing. But yes, like if you're going to flesh it out into a full series, then you kind of have to explain the timeline a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I would be all for that. I'm going to go like, I, again, I want to watch all that behind the scenes stuff at some point. I'm going to try to watch all of it before our next episode, just so we can go a little bit more in depth on that. Um, mm-hmm. I just haven't gotten around to it yet, but like, as soon as we finish recording, I'm going to go watch that one on, uh, the ninth Jedi that you're talking about. Um, yeah, cause even though it, it, like I said, even though as of right now, I still think I would say I enjoyed the village bride just a little bit more like the ninth Jedi is my second favorite one, but it is absolutely the one that I most want to see more of and just would want to see more of those characters and just, yeah, just, you know, if we're every week getting new adventures with Kara and the Margrave and Ethan and just, you know young Jedi adventures of these guys trying to rebuild the Jedi order and, and yeah. doing whatever and having more lightsaber Dude. duels with these Sith acolytes and stuff. That would just be, <laughs> that's a gold mine. You told, you say, I, I was thinking a movie, but when you said series, I went, Oh, wait a minute. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm in all about that. Cause I think that's the thing about this. Um, the ninth Jedi specifically, but even a little bit of the village bride, to be honest, um, there it, it's more wide open where I feel and at least and even the elder to an extent, I think, has a little bit of that. But I don't like that one as much. So it's like whatever. I know it sounds kind of brutal, but but you know what I mean? Like, I feel like the character of from the village bride is so much more interesting to me than the other what characters and all the characters collectively from like Akara, Ethan. I, forget, I keep forgetting the other character's name, the, the alien guy, but the Margrave like. Cal, come on. Let's what's 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 also call out the Margrave, right? I mean, Dat Mask. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Dat Masto. I mean, right, Dat Basto. I mean, come on, man. Like, what the hell, dude? Like, that mask is freaking amazing. Like, uh, don't take the mask off. Put it back on, bro. Right? Like, yeah. at least in my opinion, um, Dat Mask. I mean, so yeah, there's. Yeah, and it was cool to see a light side user have a, a cool oh, dude. sort of intimidating looking mask, you know, for a change. But that was one thing I loved so much about that story too is 
the I would say of, out of all of them, yes, the misdirection. I would say of all of them, that one definitely had the best surprise. Um, right. Because again, a lot of the other ones, you kind of knew, like if you're familiar with anime or with you know with Kurosawa films or whatever, like you or even with Star Wars storytelling, you kind of knew the direction it was going to go. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you knew with the the twins that it was probably going to have you know a, a resolution to the conflict that one of them wasn't going to die or they weren't going to like just become evil and rule the galaxy or whatever. The fact that like the sister was evil and the brother was good and he found a way to save her was like not surprising. Um, The fact that, uh, you know, again, the duel, like you kind of knew how that was going to play out. He's going to save the village from, from the invaders and whatever. Um, So a lot of them, it was like, you kind of knew where it was going. It was just in the how and enjoying like the visuals and everything along the way. Um, But yeah, with this one, like the twists in the story, was crazy and the fact that the margrave looked so intimidating like it's like you know he's supposed to be the jedi he's supposed to be the one giving them the lightsabers and helping rebuild the jedi but you know that the sith are out there so you know there you know there might be a traitor or there's going to be a bad guy that pops up at some point and the fact that the margrave looked so intimidating like when they were looking at the holographic message from him and they were like well nobody's ever met him like can we trust this guy and it's like Okay, obviously he might be evil. This might be a setup, but also the fact that he looked so intimidating and that mask looked so Sith-like, it was like, that almost feels like a misdirection. Like, I'm almost inclined to, I'm almost more inclined to trust him because he looks so untrustworthy. It's like, that would be too obvious if he was the bad guy. But I still didn't know. I was like, I figured that maybe one of the Jedi, that there was a traitor in the midst or something. And so when they all took up the red lightsabers, I did not see that coming. And then of course the Margrave comes out and fights them all. And it was, man, so freaking cool. Yeah, no, that was, that was great. And I, I think for me, that I, I'm curious what they do with Star Wars Visions. I, I, I kind of think that they could do a thing where it's like the next season could be predominantly one story and then it rotates. Like maybe a diff- there's different Star Wars Visions things a year. Like maybe they give us like um, four or five episodes of, of the ninth Jedi, right? But they're like 22, 30 minutes. And then later on, we might get like another Star Wars Visions, like maybe it's a continuation of the Elder characters or, or whatever, right? So there's different things about it that could be interesting to do that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and even as I mentioned the twins and like that one wasn't my favorite, but I think even that one ends with, um, doesn't it end with like, Oh, cause the brother like, you know, shoots off into hyperspace as he's like on his X-wing with the, the super huge laser beam lightsaber and cuts the star destroyer in half. And then he like shoots off into space and the sister's just kind of left drifting. And then he talks about like wanting to go back for her or trying, trying to save her or something like that. Like, so there's a lot of these that have, um, you know, potential to continue on like Lop and Ocho also, again, I don't even remember how that one ended. I just remember being disappointed with it, but I know that it wasn't, you know, it, it didn't sort of wrap everything up and there could be obviously a continuing conflict between those two sisters. Um, so there's a lot of them that they could do more of. And I don't know, maybe they have plans to continue multiple ones of these into, you know, different spinoff series, or we could just maybe the next, uh, maybe we'll get another installment of visions that'll just be like another nine shorts. And some of them will be new original ones. And some of them will be like sequels to ones that we got here, you know, so we'll get like Lop and Ojo two and the ninth Jedi two or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. As again, as much as I would love to just see the ninth Jedi get its own spinoff series, like I would be cool with that too. If we just get, you know, 
little more bits and pieces of story um mixed in with some other new stuff but right um, right yeah i don't know i i mean i will say this like if, you know for someone that was not a big anime fan coming into this and i still like i wouldn't say that um this has totally turned me into an anime fan like i know uh yeah my sister was like oh yes good i'll get you hooked on the star wars anime and then i'll get you introduced to all this other stuff um you're like let's not get carried away yeah i'm like i don't know if i'm gonna go that far um but if they did more installments of visions or if they did some more star wars anime stuff after this i certainly would uh you know would give it a shot and and hopefully enjoy Mm -hmm. it as much as i enjoyed some of these for sure no i i feel like there's um you know, I, I feel like the, the, there's there's kind of an uh, an empty canvas here for them as far as like you know how they want to keep going with it, and I think it also Star Wars Visions as a brand is open to not just I think obviously anime and, and things like that, but like other ideas, like meaning like what other kind of interpretations, like okay, basically what I'm trying to say is, you know, what can we call it now that's not canon? that we can kind of test things on almost like a, an audience test without calling it legends. If that makes any kind of sense. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of branding ideas. I think that's really cool with this idea that they can kind of play around with. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see where they go with this from here. And, um, I'm sure just like with all things Star Wars, if the fans make enough noise and if there's enough hype about it and, you know, if it's really successful and resonates with people, they'll, you know, do more of it. Like they're not, um, you know, obviously Lucasfilm isn't blind to that and this stuff doesn't exist in a vacuum. So even if there's not plans to do more, like there could be. Um, but even the fact that there's like tie-in novels and stuff, like there's a, a Ronin novel that's out now that's based on uh, the character in um, in the duel um and i don't know if there might be some other you know tie-in material coming later but um just the fact that they've got some of that kind of stuff planned makes me think like there's definitely possibility for them to um you know continue on with some of this stuff right you know and one thing as i'm re-watching this i'm glad we're um, um re-watching it as we're talking one of the things i really liked about la pinocho also is um is the graininess of the episode i freaking love that there was just a real, there's a, you know, and again, if you watch their special features, they, they kind of go in a little more details of kind of what they did. And it's a little more traditional um, animation a little bit in there, less kind of CG. Uh, you know, there's obviously some, but like less CG a little bit. And yeah, well, I even saw that like some of the background environments mm-hmm. in that were like hand painted. Yes, exactly. And there's a, they put that graininess on it to give a, a more distinct feel and I, I love it. This this is such a great episode. People who don't like this episode, I understand why you don't, but it's I, I freaking love it. I love this episode. I'm rewatching it right now, and it's just great. Um, yeah, you know, and, and like I said, I, my issues with that one were more to do with um, right. just some things in the care, some things in the story, and and with some of the character designs. But the art style and you know everything in that was absolutely phenomenal and like i said just like the amount of grain that they had on it was kind of um i don't know it kind of took me out of it a little bit at first like just because it was so noticeable but Mm -hmm. i i kind of grew to like it more over time like again i just like that it's such a distinct art style and just you know with those hand-painted backgrounds and everything like it's beautiful and all of these look really good but like that one in particular 
Um, even though it was like towards the bottom of my list and was one of my least favorite stories, it definitely was one of my favorite ones in terms of the visuals. Right, right, right. No, exactly. I, I'm really, I was really into like that whole thing. And that's, and again, looking at it, as we're talking about more of everything and I'm, I'm rewatching as we talk, Kyle, I'm just really glad that like it, this exists again. I don't love everything, but I'm just glad it, it's there. And I just, I, I'm just, I commend Lucasfilm. And again, I know there, there's a monetary reason for doing this for many different reasons, but I, I think what in the end, there's going to be a positive impact in general. Um, again, ab- about the idea of what Star Wars can be and giving a lot more daring ideas into it. And then what we can do with it going forward um, is really exciting um, for me. And um, I don't know, like I just look at that, like my th- our free, our, my favorite episodes and The Village Bride, I, you know, I look at that as well as like, you know, we talk about, um, you know, where the Night Jedi could be like before or afterwards. I kind of thought like, the village bride could be a, a story that's way in the future as well, to be honest. Um, oh, I thought that one was pretty clearly supposed to take place in between episode, like right after episode three. Really? See, I, I think you're, you're right to an extent. Um, and I say extent only because I thought you could also make an argument. They could make it do way for in the, in the future as well, potentially. It could be, but I think it it definitely fits after episode three because you have this young Jedi who obviously like has gone through a traumatic experience. Like we don't see the full extent of it, but like from the flashbacks, you see that, you know, she was like in hiding and it sounded like her master got killed or something. Um, And now, you know, she's hiding her face. She's hiding her lightsaber. Like, um, and then the fact that, you know, the the bandits on this planet or whatever have co-opt a a bunch of... um, you know, old battle droids. And they talk about kind of the history of like, oh, after the war ended, like the droids were left behind and these new guys came and and took over them. And, you know, so we're still being, you know, subjugated or whatever. So, um, yeah, it seemed pretty clear to me that this was supposed to be like a uh, sort of an aftermath of the Clone Wars kind of thing, which again, I was like, I love that kind of stuff. Um, So that was just one more thing, um, you know, that I, that I loved about that episode was that, the connection to the clone wars but um yeah that one i mean the village bride was really cool like you know we talked about just that was another one of those ones that definitely had a more distinct like anime style to it especially like the first half where you know they're just kind of watching the couple go up the mountain and then you're like sort of reliving their memories and they're very in tune with like the nature of the planet and all that kind of stuff and it was kind of like a little bit weird and like not really clear what was going on, but also just very beautiful. And again, just sort of enjoying the atmosphere and the music. And it, it was, you know, just very like engaging. Um, and then, uh, you know, you get into the whole conflict of like these bandits want to come and, you know, they're, they basically were going to like kidnap the village chief and this young bride like offered herself as tribute instead. And so they come to take her and, um, then that's when i guess the character's name is just f like Hmm. like they never name her in the episode but i've seen people talking about um i saw people talking about like some of their favorite characters and they they mentioned f i was who the heck is f and apparently that's the jedi character from from uh you know this one um but just when you know like the the bride is you know this was her plan she's fine with going along with it but then like when these bandits show up they're going to kill her sister because her sister was going to try to stop them and she's like the rebel um 
And so when when F finally steps out and reveals herself and she she stops the guy from from shooting the sister, like freezes the blaster bolt in midair and then sends it back at his gun and then kind of has a moment similar to Kanan in Rebels where he's like, you know, I'm going to let everybody in on the secret. Like it's kind of, at least to me, it seemed pretty evident that like she had been in hiding since Order 66 or whatever had happened that, it, you know, that she had kind of been on the run from. And this was the first time that she was kind of revealing herself as a Jedi um, and she had that mask that was like covering her face and she obviously had a, a scar. And so she was, um, she wasn't afraid to show her face and show the scar and, and unleash the lightsaber and, and kind of, um, stop running from her past. And, uh, yeah, it was just a really cool moment. And then of course the fact that her lightsaber is like a katana, you know, again, having that sort of Japanese yellow. influence on it, but yeah, yeah. And, and yellow as well. Um, I love your lightsabers, by the way. Love them. Yeah, but that was so. Again, as much as the ninth Jedi was probably my favorite story, like you know, just my favorite plot out of all of these, like this one was probably my favorite character moment, my favorite Star Wars moment out of all of them. Because again, even though it was very, um, you know, very Japanese stylized with the katana lightsaber and everything, it was also just such a classic Star Wars moment with you know this heroic Jedi stepping in to reveal himself. Um, and again, just the, the music and the scenery and everything that was just, you know, probably just my favorite single standout moment of the whole series. Mm, right on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm like, you know, there's some of these that I love, some not as much. Um, and overall, like even with the ones I loved, it's not like this is my new favorite Star Wars thing. And this isn't necessarily something that's got me super hyped and I'm going to go back and rewatch it a ton of times and get really into, you know, theories and, and all that kind of stuff. But really, um, well, just because, you know, again, for me, this was just like, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And even like, for example, with, with, with the ninth Jedi and, and the village bride and stuff again, like I'm going to rewatch those. Um, but you know, if, for me at least, like it's not on the level of like Clone Wars and Mandalorian and stuff that I get super hyped about. But again, that's fine. And like you said, I'm glad that it exists. Um, mm. And I'm glad we get to, you know, sit and enjoy this stuff. And if they do continue on with this stuff, like I said, if we hopefully get like a Ninth Jedi series, I would be totally down for that. Um, and I'm sure my, you know, just my excitement and my level of, of uh, investment in it would build the more that we build on that story. But um yeah, I don't know. I mean, and again, I, I feel like I've said this with some other Star Wars stuff in the past, too. But just like with as much as we get sort of wrapped around, you know, things like the Mandalorian and, and the, you know, whenever a new movie comes out and like put all our stock in that, like, oh, man, this has got to be like a really cool new thing that we're going to, you know, we're going to talk about and rewatch a bunch of times and dissect it and theorize about it and all that kind of stuff. It's nice to have something that's different. That's, you know, again, maybe not what would traditionally be in my wheelhouse, but is something that I can just, you know, accept as a, a new and different take on Star Wars and just kind of enjoy this inter artistic interpretation of it, enjoy it for what it is, not get all bent out of shape about it, whether I love it or not. Um, but just, you know, I mean, the ones that I loved, I really loved and I, I look forward to watching those again. But um, yeah, it's just nice. For me, it feels really nice to have something that you can just kind of breathe, relax, just enjoy it for what it is and not have to worry about, 
uh, you know, what's going to happen next and what's in season two and how does this connect to canon and, you know, all this, all this kind of stuff, which again, I'm not complaining about that. Like, I love doing that with the Mandalorian and, and all our wild speculations and theories and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it is nice to, you know, this was, a, it's a nice change of pace. That's the best way I can put it. Um, I still really enjoyed it just in a kind of different way from how I normally enjoy Star Wars. And it was just nice to kind of see a different side of it, see these different artistic takes on it. Um, but you summed it up best. I think my feelings on Visions is just, I am, I'm glad it exists. Um, mm. And I look forward to rewatching some of them. I look forward to talking about them again when, when Tim comes back. But um, yeah, that's, well, well, that's kind of my when, take on it. I, I'm going to say this right now. There's, I'm going to go, I'm going to give TOB1 another shot legitimately i just rewatched it like as we we're talking and i'm gonna give it another shot um i so but i'm not gonna give akira car whatever the, whatever that one's called not that one i'm not worried watching i'm not gonna watch twins i have no interest of rewatching the twins um but i i'll definitely gonna give tov one another shot um i highly recommend and, and i'll one. give lop and ojo another shot yeah, and I was gonna say, give Lopinocho another shot. Yeah, which I was uh, planning to, anyways. Like I said, for for one, there's a lot of these that I kind of want to just rewatch on their own without yeah. doing, you know, the binging all of them all the way through. Like I also want right. to rewatch the Elder and and just kind of take that one in. Um, so Lopinocho, I, I want to rewatch just so I can kind of just rewatch that one and and just kind of watch it as its own story and. You know, right, not kind right. of lose it and all the other stuff, but also like I, I would watch it again just for the art style, just because you know, it no so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, exactly. Well said. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. It looks beautiful. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I for one, I do think that the Ninth Jedi is one of the best Star Wars stories I've I've witnessed, read, you know, listened to, watched in a long time. It's one of the best. Um, is it better than Mandalorian? No, but is it up there? I'd say yeah. Um, I put it up there over maybe, you know, some probably rebel episodes, um, you know, stories and I love rebels. Um, I love it and I'm a sucker for traditional like Jedi stuff. And I think that's why I connect to it so much is because, um, I said this on Twitter kind of being a little snarky, but I kind of mean it like, to be honest, the ninth Jedi makes the high Republic in general look like Nick jr. You know, <laughs> I mean like. Seriously, though, and because they do more in 20 minutes than the High Republic does, like than in, in like three books. And it met it, and, and granted, like it has it has a little more freedom maybe than the High Republic does. And it's and obviously what it's what it's designed to do. But just there's just so much more interesting things. The characters are 1000 times more interesting and you barely know them. And maybe that's what makes them interesting. I don't know. But. I don't know. There, this the ninth Jedi. Just there's something about it that is really fascinating, and I really want to know more of what's going on in that timeline, and I want that timeline to be explored. It's fantastic. So, and the Village Bride. I again, I would love to get more of that. Maybe get that character in in the uh, expanding universe. Or excuse me, in the in the more canon, you know, canonicity. Get her F. Give F that character. She's fantastic. So yeah, I. And, you know, and Ronan, too. And I'm excited to read the Ronan book, you know. And then eventually in five years, you'll read that book, too. And we can review that for this for the podcast in five years. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and, and all joking aside, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I love what we got. Didn't love everything, but I love what we got. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, it's funny. I'm kind of just like casually scrolling through Twitter as we're talking about this and just happen to see a bunch of people talking about the, um, about visions and specifically the ninth Jedi and, and, you know, just how much that one is resonating with people. So I would love to see more of that. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like that one in particular is a, a really cool Star Wars story and one that I definitely would love to see more of. Um, but yeah, on the whole, like, I just think this was a really cool, um, I don't know, cool new experience. And, and it was, uh, you know, great that we got to kind of experience Star Wars through this different medium. Um, and if we get more of it, awesome. And, you know, like you said, there's the, the Ronin novel that's out now. And, you know, if we get more tie-in stuff, we'll talk about that too. But, um, anyway, I think that's probably a good place to wrap up for now just with our, our yeah i mean i know initial thoughts but you know those we yeah. gave a gave a lot of thoughts on it but we um, did we did yeah we'll definitely yeah. we'll you know when when tim's able to come back we'll talk about it again and uh yeah we can talk about um some of the behind the scenes stuff as well and just kind of go a little bit more in depth on all of these episodes because some of them i mean i know we talked uh we kind of talked the most about like our favorite ones and our least favorite ones but some of those ones in the middle like tatooine rhapsody like i know you kind of talked touched on that a little bit like that was also a good one like that was um maybe another one that i wasn't expecting to like as much and it wasn't one of my favorite ones but it was definitely enjoyable um so yeah like i would watch that one again too but um Mm -hmm. yeah it was fun it's it's been fun to uh just kind of revisit these and, and give our thoughts on them and yeah there's some of them that i'm interested or some of them that i'm looking forward to rewatching again um but yeah i'm i'm glad that we got this it's cool stuff yeah no for sure this i really quickly i i can't wait to get tim on this and him dissect everything with us because i think there's a lot of cool story elements of, all, of most of these things most um that uh will be really cool to kind of break down with him and again i can't wait i'm we, i miss him terribly on this show, on the show and and uh yeah, I can't wait to get talk about Tim, uh, talk with Tim about everything on this. It'd be great, and and also to see what you you know at revisiting this whole, you know, a couple of these episodes, if your rankings might change, or maybe they'll you know, maybe T O B one will be number one. I don't know, you know, it, <laughs> I, it's hard to say, but uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited to talk more about this. And, and again, I I really hope Disney and Lucasfilm act fast if they plan on doing more. Get, let us know like, asap like what's going on yeah i want to i want to know like what if this is coming you know i want to promote this stuff man well you know what i'm glad you mentioned that because there's one piece of news that we forgot to mention at the beginning and we'll wrap up on this which is that uh disney plus day is november 12th and it's gonna be i assume similar to like the disney investor day that they did last year probably not as in depth with like a four-hour live stream and everything like that um but it's going to be a day that's just kind of, you know, it's like the two year anniversary of Disney plus launching and they're just kind of celebrating, um, you know, all the, all the stuff that they've got on there right now and all the the people that are enjoying it and stuff. It's just kind of a, a fun day to celebrate all that, but they're going to have a lot of new stuff that they're teasing and, and revealing and stuff. Um, like Shang-Chi drops on Disney plus that day, which I'm super excited to watch that again. It only came out like beginning of this month. So that's going to hit Disney plus pretty quick. Um, but they've said that they're going to have uh, some new teases of like Star Wars and Marvel stuff. Um, I know one thing I've heard is that because Book of Boba Fett is going to be, you know, obviously right around the corner, there's going to be like a, a sort of behind the scenes special that they're putting on Disney Plus that day that is talking about Boba Fett and like just the origins of the character and why he's such a fan favorite and stuff like that. 
But I imagine that we'll probably get some kind of new look at the Book of Boba Fett. If anything, like if we haven't gotten a trailer by that point, then we'll definitely get a trailer on that day. Um, but that'll just be like a month before the show premieres. So if we get a trailer before then, then maybe we'll get a second trailer or like a behind the scenes look or something like that. Um, and again, I wouldn't expect as many big announcements as we got last year. Um, you know, where they announced like 10 new shows or whatever it was. Um, but we might possibly get a couple new things announced. Um, oh yeah. And, and if I there's going to count on it. Yeah. If they, well, here's, here's what I'm counting on. Just to not get my hopes up too high. I think we're going to get a look at Book of Boba Fett. And I think we'll get maybe our first teases. Or if not, if we don't see any footage, I think we at least have to get release dates for Kenobi and Cassian for next year. Um, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to say that we'll get maybe teaser trailers for those series. Or at least like maybe like a yeah. sizzle reel of all the Star Wars stuff that's coming up that maybe has like 10 seconds of footage from each of those series. Um, but at the very least, I think footage from Book of Boba Fett and release dates for Cassian and Kenobi. Beyond that, again, I think we could get announcements of maybe like one or two new series. It's, it's tough because on the one hand, I think this is a great opportunity for them to announce stuff. But on the other hand, like there's already stuff that's so far out. Like, I'll be honest. I was just thinking about this the other day. I kind of forgot that they're making a Lando series. Like, just because there's so much stuff that's coming out before then, like, we don't know when that's coming out or if it's in production yet. Like, that probably won't be out till, like, 2023 or 24. Let, let um, me help you, Kyle. They were making a Lando series. Are they still making a Lando series? A whole other story. Oh, I don't know. I, I haven't heard anything about it since it got announced. That's what, I'm saying. But, that's what I'm saying. I think that's where they announce things, but how often does it, things don't work out? I mean pretty common so yeah well, i mean and, and we've heard rumors that like the uh the rangers of the high republic right. might have been scrapped or pushed back because yeah, of exactly. the whole gina carano situation so that one might not be happening but like we just haven't heard anything about lando like i haven't heard anything yeah. new about it but i also haven't heard about it getting canceled or anything so right who knows i'm just saying because we've got so much other stuff coming up before then and because we haven't heard about that one I had just sort of forgotten about it. Like that's just on the back burner of my mind. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, if they announce anything, if they announce any other new stuff, would it be coming out even after that? And at that point, would it even be worth talking about yet? Um, but that would be, you know, for like live action stuff, that's not going to be in production yet. But if there is going to be more visions, that would be a perfect time to talk about it. Or obviously any kind of, you know, if they're going to do a, a spinoff or a continuation of any of these stories, that would be a perfect time to announce it. Um, right. especially with it being kind of still fresh in everyone's minds, it'll only be a couple months after it came out. So, um, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. Like that wasn't on my radar as far as stuff that we might get announced that day, but certainly a possibility. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I would love to hear that more Star Wars visions and stuff like that coming out. I think, <clears throat> I think probably a lot of more announcements for like, at least maybe, um, teaser images, Announcements like this for visions, maybe like Ninth Jedi kind of things, and like that uh, C3PO R2D2 new hero story animated movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see, I forgot about that too. Uh, yeah, what's so that? Droid, droid story. Yeah, yeah, droid story. Yeah, which I'm excited about. I love that stuff. So, more animation, man. Give it to me. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, and even with droid story, we don't know because that's like a collaboration between like 
ILM and and Lucasfilm Animation or something. Right. And so we're not sure if that's going to be like animated or live action with some animation elements or exactly what that's going to be. But who knows? Maybe that's another thing too. Like at this, um, you know, this Disney Plus day, we could also maybe just get some more details um, about some of the stuff that's further on the horizon. And I don't know, maybe some production updates or something like that. So um, yeah, we'll see. Obviously we'll, you know, we'll probably record at least another episode or two before that, but I've definitely got that marked on my calendar as uh, a day that's going to be exciting just as a Star Wars fan to find out what's coming. And also, you know, a time that we're going to have some, definitely some exciting stuff to come on here and talk about on the podcast. Um, Yeah. It could make for another you know, three hour episode that we haven't had in a while, which by the way, with, with how much we've already talked about visions on this episode, if Tim were here, this definitely would have been another three hour episode. Oh, so. oh yeah. We, we, we'd be going on for three hours, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So maybe it's good that we're just breaking it up into two parts and we'll, we'll try to get yeah. back on here t- soon and talk some more visions with you guys. Exactly. But, um, I think that's going to do it for now. Um, you know, thank you guys for tuning in. And before we yes. wrap up, I'm going to jump over to, uh, our Twitter question where uh, we just said, you know, we're going to be recording a new uh, new episode talking about Star Wars Visions. Let us know your thoughts and some of your favorite shorts. Um, and uh, Derek Beebe replied and said, I've only seen the first six so far, but at the moment, number one is Tatooine Rhapsody and number two is The Duel. And then he commented after that and said, wait, I've seen Lop and Ocho and I think that's my new favorite. Um, attaboy. Attaboy, Mr. Beebe. Attaboy. Yeah, so see, he's he's there with you. Derek the um, Beebe. Oh and then Jedi, Jedi Bob also commented on it and said, the duel was my favorite. I like the elder, the ninth Jedi and Tatooine Rhapsody. I've never really watched anime, but I'm really digging the star Wars ones. I hope they make another season. And it also makes me want to watch other anime. So, and see, that's cool oh, too. Like for, yeah. like I said, I don't know that it's necessarily going to do this for me, but for some people, yeah. this, you know, having a, for some people that are star Wars fans, but not anime fans, this may be their first step into a larger world. It might be somebody's yeah. gateway drug into becoming a, a big anime fan so um totally. it's just cool that you know we get to blend these two different styles where like obviously star wars has a big a very big following and anime has a very big following and so they get to kind of you know cross together and uh you know just let people enjoy it so um yeah good stuff thank you guys for chiming in with your thoughts um as always you can uh you know check us out online follow us on twitter at star wars tsc and on facebook.com slash star wars the saga continues uh, you can check out our website at starwarstsc.com and send us email at starwarstsc at gmail.com. Um, and, uh, of course, be sure to check out thunderquack.com for all the other awesome podcasts in the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Um, but that's going to do it for now. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you're enjoying Star Wars Visions as much as we are. Um, and uh, we will see you guys next time, and may the Force be with you. Godspeed, Rebels. Thank you.